it's uh it's all good so um yeah after a much delay and deliberation welcome to wave dash seven and um so many great people are here hello all um i'm sure you all know uh main man sui of course hello everyone a pleasure a pleasure to do this again yeah and frame whisperer i missed you man i'm glad we're doing this again yeah yeah it's been too long it's been way too long um last minute edition spec how's it going man thanks for having me on even if it was last minute man it's uh we're gonna have a good conversation guys i can i can tell already absolutely uh mihawk hi guys nice to see you pleasure to be here again thanks for having me gonna be a good talk today it's been a while yeah it has it has and the first time on this podcast we have uh two-time tech and world tour finalist (laughs) And world famous cosplayer. Oh, shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> How are you doing, everyone? Thanks for, yeah. thanks for having me on the show. No, it's, it's so great to have you here, man. And, you know, Fergus has been an integral part of the channel since literally our first video, um, mm. before it even started, because, you know, the, the Tekken 7 character overviews was based directly on his uh, script, his guide, um, which is... Like, way more than I thought, like... Yeah, yeah. And that... that that's an amazing guide. It's still one of the best resources for getting into tech. And so, you know, yeah. Thank you for that. It's really great. Uh, no problem. It's really no problem. great. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I'm really glad we're all here and we're doing this again. It's, it's always so much fun doing this. Yeah. Extremely cool. Um, so we have quite a few topics to discuss today. Um, and where should we start? I get, I guess we should start with the big guy himself, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so slow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck who could do you mean Gunryu? We could. We never. Re- I mean, we discussed Gunryu a bit in the past, but we didn't go into it in that much detail. But yeah, let's let's hop to Fakumram. Um, and so, guys, like, let's just let's just hear a, like a cursory opinion on on him. What do you think? He wants to start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess... I'll, I'll be very positive, so I, I can start. Uh, I really like him. I, I used to, when I saw the trailer, I didn't like his visuals. I thought it was just uh, overly tall, muscular, scarred, uh, tattooed, angry guy. But mm-hmm. and when I see his gameplay, I feel like it works in, uh, it's like they are entwined. Like he's supposed to be really scary with these uh, guard breaks, especially at the wall, like crazy wall pressure um, on uh, a throw that's almost unbreakable. Uh, this back forward four, super intimidating frames, uncertain moves, you know, and the sound effects like uh, lightning bolts. And I think it works. The visuals combined with his gameplay, the impact of his attacks, the way he's played is very stressful. Uh, he's very unique. I, I really like it. And I, I like looking at his animations more so than Leroy. Uh, he brings something fresh. And he's not overpowered. I think he's probably going to be around mid-tier or even that. I mean, it's early to tell, but I'm, I feel it's very positive. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that 100%. Um, everything, everything he said was, uh, was exactly how I feel. Um, obviously, it's still early days, so we still don't... Because, he's, because he has um, unique uh, moves and, 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 and mechanics... We still don't know how he will develop later on. Let's mm-hmm. say I, w- I was just thinking, man, like maybe there'll be some crazy tech traps where 
you can utilize the unblockable um, wall splats or something like that where you know you're just going to be put into some crazy vortexes in the future when people find out i don't know the the character mm. is definitely unique and has um a new move set to tekken so we're still going to have to wait and see how he how pans up but as for his uh, move set and animations and everything he looks cool man he looks really cool so uh, it's it's good, it's good ah. stuff I just think uh, he's like a very unique style for sure with the guard breaks but I think day one and day one and two people are still trying to grasp how he plays because people are trying to play this like mix up intensive game with him like with Denmark fours and mids but um, I think in the end he'd be better played defensively because he's such strong punishment he has a lot yeah. of stuff that pushes back on hit on block so he can space out pretty well with his moves and of course, is standing three, turning three, mid poke with that range, mm. so he can he can hold the space pretty well, I think. But I don't think his mix ups are quite there, so I think he's going to struggle a lot in the long term against like mm. turtles, for example, or characters with strong pressure because his crushing tools are pretty poor. Yeah. So characters with like Law or Kasumi or even Chloe, maybe characters with good job games, you know, it's going to give him a lot of issues, I think. Mm. For sure. Yeah, I also think that he's going to shine more in his defensive game rather than in the offense game because he's just he's got so much range on certain moves that he uses. Um, and as Fergus already mentioned, he, in my opinion, he has really really strong punishments. So uh, that's going to add a nice layer to his uh, very intimidating new guard break pressure that he has. That is quite unique. Um, yeah, in terms of lows, we have to see how they play out. But I think. Um, He's he's gonna be fine, and uh, it's gonna be quite interesting to see what impact he will have on a tournament setting and in the tournament scene in general. But I like the character so far. I think he looks cool personally. Uh, very badass, very intimidating, tall guy, huge muscles and stuff. And um, yeah, he's like a very nice mix between Bruce and Josie with like certain tools that only he has or certain tools that i should say giga should have but never got <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Um, i agree with everything that's been said so far more or less i was very worried about the the guard break stuff i was worried that you know the joke was after leroy what what's next you know a character who launches on block launches on with um but uh i will agree that uh, he seems reasonably balanced. And I just kind of like really enjoy using him. I haven't played him much, but being in practice mode and like connecting with his stuff has great kinetic feedback. Mm. There's a very mm. sort of juicy media feel. So it's super satisfying. Uh, it's too early to tell about the balance really. Cause like you said, like tech is not like really being, uh, hasn't, hasn't really been found yet. But um, if he turns out to be reasonably balanced, I think it's a great success. And like, main man said like there are some like interesting new things like when was the last time is there a single unique like Tekken 7, 7 original character who has a single Attilda input I don't think so but he's like almost built around them you know and I also agree that yeah. I think people are like distracted by these um, uh, guard breaks and mix ups and hell sweeps and they sleep on the fact that the movement and range and punishment are so good that you should probably yeah. play play him more defensively. And then the other thing is like the down for two three, which is the generic fifteen frame launcher, doesn't have great range for whiff punishment, but he has all of these like other you know good long range tools he can use instead to not necessarily launch, but like tear a chunk out of the opponent, maybe knock them down, get some oki. Um, I yeah. think he loves the wall as well. 
Oh yeah, his wall guy. Uh, the only mm-hmm. like place where he's sort of out of proportion might be you know generic combo damage is like silly high, but that hikes with every uh, uh, new character more or less at this point. It's not his fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a triumph. I'm 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 honestly very very happy about it. I don't know if I'm going to pick him up, but I I just might. Uh, I'm I'm really looking uh, liking the look of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I agree totally with what what everyone said. Um, I always love it when a, a character's visuals match his gameplay style. And he, he looks yeah. big and intimidating, and he's intimidating. He's scary to defend against. You really have to be on it when you're defending against him. Um, and yeah, yeah, you know, I, I love that. And, you know, when, when Leroy first came, we all thought that he would be the kind of complex, stance-based <laughs> kind of character. Then he comes out, and it's like, well... He's got the best down forward one in the game. And we all yeah. love down forward <laughs> ones, right? Mm-hmm. And um, when you see Falcon Ram, you think, oh, he's going to be this big, brooting, simplistic kind of character. In fact, it ended up the complete opposite. You know, Falcon Ram is the one with the more kind of inspired, creative moveset, whereas Leroy is this kind of, you know... Well, we talked a lot mm-hmm. about him, so let's, let's not, let's not mm-hmm. shit on him anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed playing as him. Um, as you said, Frame, he, there's a great kind of kinetic feeling uh, a great yeah. sense of power behind all his moves i don't know if he'll be competitively viable because i i think he has some uh, real shortcomings um especially against the um you know uh, generally agreed upon top tiers in the game like you know your fast poking characters like steve or law or kazumi i think he struggles against those because he doesn't have a good high crush that's one of his biggest yeah. issues as a steve player I first look, does this player, can this player go under back one? Can this character go under back one? He can't. Well, that's in my favor then. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll definitely be viable. He just won't be super high tier, but he'll definitely be viable. Yeah. yeah. You can definitely bring him to a tournament and, and do well. Uh, I mean, he's yeah, he's better than Miguel. I tend to measure power in Miguel's. <laughs> but he's like, he's kind of like, in a lot of ways, he's kind of like good Miguel. Better down for one, better jab range, better punishment. Similar movement, mm. no hop kick, slightly higher damage. Yeah. I just think uh, nothing natural off down forward one actually really hurts him a lot, because uh, the better characters in the game have some. Most of them have something off down forward one, like either it's a natural high follow up or natural mid follow up. Mm. Ah, you like know. the down forward like one four from Zafina move like that. You mean those kind of moves? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you lack those kind of moves, it becomes a harder high level because the the whips will be smaller. So you need something quick. To punish these Rob, kind of he, has, he has down forward, down forward one, one, two. One, one, down forward one, two is natural. I'm testing it right now. Is nice, it, oh, is it okay? okay. Yeah, okay. Down down 27 damage plus six on hit on block. It's minus three. minus three, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. pretty great. Oh, okay, yeah. this regard, yeah. I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, characters new still. Yeah, um, yeah. his his mix up, so as you mentioned, Fergus, they're, they're quite easily option selected. I mean, um, like down forward one and three and all of his lows and the, the Muay Thai electric back forward four. Sidestep left crouch, that, that OS beats all of that. Um, and then when, when you're up against his actual, his, um, his Hell Sweep mix, you can sidestep right both of those. Yeah. So d- depending on what he's doing, either sidestep left or sidestep right is his, his weak side. You just have to know what, you have to, again, you have to be on it with the defense. Um, but I feel that once people figure him out, his his mix-up game is is not as scary as it might initially seem. 
Yeah, it's going to be about I, how confident you feel in the matchup. That's where it's going to matter, I think. Yeah. Yeah. In low uh, tiers, yeah. I think in in like in lower ranks, if we're talking online, I think he's one of the best characters because if you choke when somebody's like rushing you down, he's going to destroy people. If you don't know, you know, small windows where you can option select or interrupt with counter hits and stuff like that. If you're not comfortable with that, then I think he becomes extremely scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you just have to learn that matchup, and then the power drops off pretty dramatically. Yeah, yeah he's definitely uh, an awkward character. Somebody needs to love, definitely. Yeah. Um, Adrian, you wanted to say something? No, I, I agree with what Frame Whisper said. I think he's gonna stomp uh, beginner intermediates, but at the same time, I feel like he has this weakness where he he will probably be pretty sensitive to pressure. Mm. Um, it just comes off as pretty sluggish, in my opinion. And I, I don't know what, what's the keep out, like panic buttons. I haven't really. Um, back one, I guess, maybe. Back one? No, no, no. Oh, minus, that's 15, minus 15. Yeah, that's launch punishable. Yeah, so it's like, no, I don't know. I, I feel he's, I mean, he's so new, but he, I guess he might be sensitive to pressure. Uh, but of course, I mean, if you, his gimmicks are probably some of the best in the game if you're just pressuring someone. But. Again, in high-level play, I, I don't see that working. But I think his panic moves are actually okay because he does have a punch Subaki, which is active from four frame. So he has that, oh, at least against like jabs and downward ones. And it goes into a full combo when it activates as well. Mm. And he also has an uncheckable yeah. kick parry. So like, if he has the read, he can definitely like blow up the opponent on defense. Like, I, yeah. mm. So I just want to mention about that Subaki. I think that Subaki is absolute dog shit. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's like it's all the same. <laughs> it's it looks cool, but I think it might be one yeah. of the worst defensive tools in the game. And I wish it was better because it looks cool. Wait, what movie is it taken from? I've definitely seen it in a movie. Um, is it, is it Matrix? I think no, of it, uh, Neo. Yeah. No, I think it might be Ong Back or something. Um, yeah, it's uh, Ong Back, isn't it? It's, it's Ong Back. Most it looks yeah. it looks so cool, but it's like it has. No range, no tracking. The Sabaki window is tiny. Um, it's minus 13 on block. It, it, the width well, I mean, recovery... The, lo- yeah. But the tracking and range doesn't matter too much when you're using it on defense, though. Like, if you read someone doing chat for them for 20, yeah, you get a full yeah. combo. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, I just mm. wish just the Sabaki window was, was longer. Because it often gets yeah. floated out by jabs or down forward ones. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, active from 4 to 11 frame from what I read and test it. So it's, it's, it's big enough if you make a good read, like... Like again, it's a full combo. Like it's not like something like Oscar two plus three where you, you, you sometimes get a combo. Like it's a full combo straight up. So mm-hmm. I think it, it has it has its uses completely defensively. Do you yeah, think they yeah. were scared uh, to give him uh, a parry that was too good after leaving? I think they overall in general were scared of making a good good character after Leroy. Oh. And oh, it's so yes. obvious in the trailer where they show you towards the end. Just step that, step that because we're probably afraid <laughs> that everyone's hilarious. like that's broken. Yeah. That's broken. Look, he's splatted him uh, by, by doing a charge. So obviously they they've learned very But they less, all seem um, to have yeah. nerfed him like uh, right before release too. Yeah, the back forward four used to be a power crush in the in, in the reveal trailer. And I and I think oh, they should. They, they oh. should have kept that. They should have kept that because no, I'm actually. No, no, no. I think they should have. I no, really I think they should. Have. Not, no, not armors, man. Not armors on that move. <laughs> on what move? I, I missed it. The back, back forward four. four. That used to have armor in the reveal oh, trailer. Crazy. I, I, I really. <laughs> that would, that would it's insane. insane. If that had armor, it would be insane. 
yeah, good. <laughs> I think that that move, I'm, you know, it looks great on paper, but I'm actually finding it difficult to to use it because it comes it's out a bit so slow. slow. It's, it's slow. A bit slow. It's yeah. slow and has terrible whiff recovery. And it's a and high. the input back forward four. It's exactly. it's honestly not that easy to use. Yeah, yeah I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, but it looks so cool. So I want to do it all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. If they block it, it's a win. When we drop to their ass, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm fucking man." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like. It's that. got it's got crazy crazy range, man. So like, all you, you just got to kind of find your range and then throw it. It's not something you can just throw out willy nilly like all the time. It's not like mm. a you know, it's it, like I said, it's a it's a tough uh tough input. Um, so you can't just like throw it out whenever. But I mean, when you're in range, do it, man. It's got crazy crazy range. Yes, the, with the whiff recovery is terrible. But if you're whiffing yeah. that shit, you deserve to get punished. That shit's got like yeah. mad range. You know what I mean? So it is what yeah, it is. I was just using it to stop people stepping because it's basically a homie move. It's got range and tracking, yeah. so it's like yeah. very very yeah. good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, the thing is, you mentioned me, Hawk, that you think he's going to be very strong on on defense, and I- I'd agree because he has long ass limbs. So you'd think he'd be good at keep out. But the problem is, is the whiff recovery. Most of his moves have such bad whiff recovery that good movement, I feel, is really going to blow him up. Mm, well, it, it definitely depends on what moves you use, right? So if mm. you just use back forward four without a brain, then yeah. you should be punished. But like, of as I as I said before, um, most of the characters these days in Tekken Seven have a generic down forward one. Mm. Most of the time, all of these characters have an extension to it as well. Sometimes even two or three extensions. Mm. And Fakumram has all of that. He has a very I th- I said that before. I think he has one of the best down forward ones in the game. Simply because it's uh, plus eight on hit, it's minus three on block. It has ridiculous range. It tracks to his right. Mm-hmm. Um, it has extensions. It knocks down if the down forward one two hits on counter hit, which gives a full combo if you're good and have execution. Um, so I think that his general poking game, his mid poking game, that is, is really good. He has a he has a standing three that is really good. Has extensions as well. Um, three four, I believe, counter hit. Follow up, uh, not NCC, so it gives a forward forward two yeah, one. It does, um, and yeah, I just think that I just think that if if those moves are used properly and uh, if if you be careful when when using them, it can be really effective and be really good at keeping out your opponent. Have um, we have we spoke about three plus four as well? That move is that move is really good. Mm. It's three plus four. Yeah, yeah three plus like, four. Uh, yeah, Brian, three plus four. Basically, yeah. like Brian's, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it knocked down. It knocks down on uh, on normal hit. So yeah. it, like getting the wall splat and stuff. So it's it's awesome. Yeah. Minus but nine I, I, on I, I, block, I, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's minus mm. nine. It has like no pushback. So it's like uh, I I never I, I it I mean you get eighty three plus damage when you do get the counter it. But I feel like you, yeah, it's a, you give up your turn completely when mm. you use that. It's the feeling I got at least. Mm. Yeah, that that and the range is deceptively short on three plus four. Brian's three plus four like reaches for miles, but bizarrely. Falcom's Ram 3 plus 4, I, I, it whiffs more than I thought it would. Yeah, mm. I, I was same. trying to do the, the thunder kick, back forward 4, and then I'm like, haha, you're going to duck now, because you think I'm going to do another one. And then I do 3 plus 4, and it whiffs, and I'm like, yeah. your legs are like 500 meters long, but no, <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it felt weird. But That's how it felt with Dan for as well, with more than, a lot more than I thought, like, it's deceptively mm. short. Down, down 4. Down 4, yeah. Because I use in so many situations, fine, I use a lot. Like it, it just whips. Like there'll be like 
just a little bit way, but whiffs like especially after back, back four four now dash up a little bit and do down four, but still whiffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is uh, is fifteen frame launcher down for two three? And the trailer, I got the impression it was going to be like a jack down for two or gigas down two, but it's it's definitely not. Even though it's it has a, good range, it's another last minute nerf they gave him. It had more range in the trailer than it does in game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they showed yeah. it punishing yeah. Brian's last any one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that gives a lot of pushback on blocks. So uh, they must have nerfed stealth nerf it or some shit. I don't know. They mm-hmm. did. Yeah. yeah, I was disappointed in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think it's a bit of a compromise. They obviously were slightly traumatized by the Leroy backlash, which I, I think mm. is a bit of a shame because uh, it seems like the way they wanted to, to balance this this character is Fakum Ram is supposed to be the one with very prominent strengths and weaknesses, and Leroy is the guy who's kind of the jack of all trades, master of none. But what ended up happening is before they balanced Leroy, they took a few too many bath salts, and he ended up being you know. Jack of all trades, master of all. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, and yeah. They were snorting a uh, crushed up cup noodle, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, honestly, though, I, I have to disagree with you on that because I feel like, I mean, listen to us talking. Some of us are like, but this is pretty cool and this is kind of good, but that's kind of bad. And we're, we're, we kind of don't know. Uh, it it kind of seems like his balance is in an interesting spot where he could end up in a couple of reasonable places balance wise, uh, and he's fun and satisfying to play, and he looks pretty cool. So I mean, I kind of see it as a triumph in a way. Like, okay, they were yeah. scared. What what would happen when Leroy kind of intimidated them, and now they brought him down with some stealth nerfs to a, a level that seems very reasonable. Like, it honestly makes me feel like I want to play him now. Dude, what I'm saying is like, we as a community, I feel like, I mean, we're, we're all accepting that this is this is like, you know, just the first week here. So we're yeah. not going to understand everything about him, especially because he's so unique. But don't even forget about him. Let's go back to characters which are very, very conventional. Kazumi, for example, right? After season two nerfs, everyone was like, oh, she's not good. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone said, people said she's not good. Even Tekka World Tour finalists was, were like, I'm going to drop her. Mm. And then Arslan comes and shows how you play her. Mm. And how you can win with her. And all of a sudden, raw, she's too strong. So maybe it'll just take that one person who really understands how to get into your head with this character, with the tools yes. that he has, for everyone to be like, Fakram is, is too strong. We need to nerf him. Do you know what I mean? And then, you know, so th- we have to wait. We really have to wait to see how this character develops, especially because he's unique. And because as a community, we, we make judgments way too early on characters that are just conventional, that have yeah. been like Kazumi, the most conventional sort of fundamental character. If, yeah. we, can, if we can misjudge that character, we're, we can definitely misjudge this character as well. So yes, yeah. you know we can only just we can only just make judgments um, based on limited knowledge. I think right now you're so right, Spag. And I mean the best example of that is probably Akuma, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. An entire country yeah, yeah. of people like know how he's supposed to be played and know that he's the best character in the game, and the rest of the world are just completely sleeping on it for like months. Yes, Two yeah. and a half years, everyone was, including me, like inconsistent mid tier, bad <laughs> character. We, bad. we we put him at like a like years. a a tier, yeah. a plus tier in like the season two overview videos. He he really wasn't a threat <laughs> for most of season yeah. for all of season one or season two. Meanwhile, in Pakistan, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, even in Pakistan, that character wasn't seen as strong until Awaste Honey 
So what Awais Hani, he he was the guy who kind of showed how strong that character was. And I believe someone showed him for, it's from a, from a city outside of Lahore in Faisalabad. Someone showed him like how strong the character was. So he brought that back to the main city and he showed everyone, look, down to man this move this move stupid <laughs> and then other, and even super kumo was like i didn't even think like he never used down two he used down one two a lot you know which is a counter hit launcher mm. but no one thought to use down two which was an unwith punishable uh natural hit you know what 12 frame high crushing launcher like that move mm. existed and no one knew about it until way later on so there might be uh some moves with with Vakaram which which can just cause complete crazy vortexes in tournament and even in just normal play yeah yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right, and and it goes to the point that that um, letter that Arsalan wrote, or the message he wrote on on Twitter, that you know uh, people are so reactionary to mm. a character winning a tournament, and that and that can have a ripple effect, and it can influence balancing, and it just seems like whoever wins the tournament is next on the chopping block. Uh, I wonder. I have a question for everyone. Actually, what do you think about this? Because for season one, for example, yeah, we had Jack and Dragonov. And everyone was like, we need to nerf Jack, Jack and Dragunov, Jack Dragunov. How much do you think it was a character and how much do you think it was actually the players? I mean, people like Saint and JDCR who were running those characters. Uh, season one where, where Kudans ended up coming out with Devil Jin showing how strong that character was. Uh, Kazumi, of course, in season one was very, very strong. But how much is it the player and how much is it the actual characters? Because in season one, Saint and JDCR, when they were, do when they were in Echo Fox, I've heard stories from about what their training was like, about the, the fact that Saint had like 18 different monitors that he trained on just to get used to all the different monitors and and uh if, for tournament like if you if you're training like that every day if you're using jack i mean he brought out the best in that character do you know what i mean and people started saying uh bro broken character blah, blah 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 but i just think it was saint you know what i mean and so i agree with arsenal when he says look man <laughs> if i have a character and i start winning with this character people are going to complain about the character but how much is it the player man right now uh arsenal's banging up everyone with zafina and he doesn't even think Zafina is that strong, you know. Um, and actually, I, I believe as well that there are clear counters to Zafina too. But how much is it just a player and how much is the character? I think it's a very interesting question. And if it's true that, that it has more to do with select extremely talented players taking characters to new levels, should you really be looking at taking World Tour results as a basis for how to balance the game? Not really, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can I mean, you can ner you can nerf Kazumi all you want, but you can't nerf Arslan. So, right. But according yeah, I mean, to the the game director on Twitter, they balance according to tournament results, online win ratio, and I don't remember if there was anything else. Maybe character usage data. But uh, but yeah, um, a lot of people are obviously upset, as you can see on Twitter, with the way they are handling things and saying that it's random. Uh, well, now we're getting into 3.30. I don't know if you guys want to go ahead and get into that. I, I mean, mm. yeah, we could. I mean, if, is there anything else we want to bring up about Fakum Ram before we go to the next uh, topic? Sidestep 4 seems really dope for a launcher. It's kind of quick. It's got, like, ghost range. It's crazy. And the sidestep is pretty good. So I'm thinking uh, that could be pretty cool for a whiff punisher. Yeah. yeah, it also looks a little bit as well. Yeah, and the, uh, if the down four two isn't very good, then I would consider uh, sidestep four a lot more. Um, I thought four two one was going to be the main whiff punisher, but it seems very inconsistent off axis. So that's uh, what I'm going to be checking out tonight. Um, 
Can we talk about his throw, his command throw? Because he has a very interesting oh, yeah. throw. How do we game. not talk about that? Actually, how do we not talk about that? <laughs> because okay, so just anyone for anyone who doesn't know, because he has a very unique throw game. He has no command throw variety. He has one command throw, which is his one plus two. But whereas most throws in Tekken, or pretty much all throws in Tekken, correct me if I'm wrong, they have a twenty frame break window. His has a fourteen think- frame break window. I think uh, Williams are also a bit smaller. I think. Oh really? The oh, four one plus two grab. You are a uh, few oh. are smaller, I think, but uh, for the most part, it's like twenty frames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you have six frames less time to break his down forward one plus two, and his down forward one plus two at the wall, if you have rage, can lead to like ninety four damage, which is preposterous. No, 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 it's it's completely absurd. I was playing against uh, Mihawks, uh, Fakum Ram. And I have, I have very average reaction speed, but I'm 34, so I'm, I'm getting very gray. So I know he's going to do it. I'm standing at the wall. He's just spamming it mindlessly, you know, as me. <laughs> and, and, I, and I can't take it. Like, I, I, know, I know it's coming. I'm matching one plus two, but nothing happens. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I'm just doomed due to my elderliness. <laughs> How is that fair? You know, I feel that. Average- like, I think Fortune would be okay if it didn't wall splat and he had a rage drive wall combo yeah. as well. It wall splats. And it's, it's not yeah. like the damage is scaled. When I wall splat with fucking headbutt with Kazuya, I get minimal damage. But Kazuya and fucking Ram, and with his 14 frame break window, 40 damage. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and full wall combo. And if he's in rage, it's like 100 damage. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, fuck? it's a bit unreasonable. I didn't, I like, didn't know that. I hadn't even it's seen it. It's interesting. Yeah. It's crazy. The the net effect isn't of how that, f- isn't that something that makes the character very unique in a sense though because I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. it is but I'm fucked that's all I'm saying you know if you yeah. have bad reactions yeah. people like, go fuck yourself now try ducking <laughs> hope he doesn't well mid I it's it's hard either way but I mean I mean if we if we look back at tag two where where you just had uh, much less time to break throws compared to Tekken 7, I think the break yeah. window for Tag 2 was 15 frames. So technically, the yeah. break window is one frame uh, faster than it was in Tag 2. And people, like, I remember even you had very good throw breaking in Tag 2 main man. So I think it's just... But I was young. I was very young. And I think, <laughs> I think one frame does a lot, actually. I no, think I think, that changes I think, a I think lot. It's, more, it's more like this, to be honest. I, that, that's true as well. The older you get, the harder it is to react uh, on these things. But I think what really matters here as well is that the more time you have, you subconsciously give, uh, also give yourself more time to visually mm. react to the throw and then break it. So that if you play tag two and um, you basically had to break the throws uh, and you didn't have more time to do that, you, you had to be on point no matter what. And so mm. now that we have more time in Tekken 7, even if we were, even if every throw break of us would be 14 frames quick, we just take more time just to make sure that the throw is actually, that we're actually pressing the right button before inputting it. You know what I mean? And I think yeah, that's yeah. something that... Um, yeah, just makes it harder for us in general because we got used to take more time for a throw break. We just got used to that. Yeah. yeah. I think if you're like bad at breaking throws, like there's a thing in Street Fighter where it is, you just take the throw. So like if you if you're not if you can't react to the throw animation, you could just always hammer on one plus two break always and just take the generic grabs. Mm. If mm. you're on the wall, of course. Like. Right, right. Yeah. I think you, you, you hit the, uh, the nail on the head there, Fergus. I think the net effect of his faster, well, throw or, or smaller break window 
is that a lot of people are just gonna predictively break one plus two, which opens them up to his generic throws. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the idea with him, maybe. But at the same time, I still think it's certainly possible to react to the hands, especially since people could do it in Tag 2, and Tag 2 had a, a few more frames um, lag, input latency, than Tag yeah. 7 does. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we've, we've but, just uh, become soft over the past couple of years of playing Tekken 7 when it comes to throw breaks. And yeah, but uh, like, like Mihawk said before, like his guard breaks, is that what Gigas was supposed to have? And his 14-frame yes. throw break, is that maybe what Gigas should have had? I don't know. I think there were ideas on the cutting room floor uh, <laughs> like intended for Gigas, and they picked them up, and they're like, we're making this other big guy. Because um, I always remember that being such an interesting thing where Gigos was supposed to be the character you don't want to block against. And he has the overkill, which is like the craziest throw in the world near the wall. Uh, and they just never gave him any option for mixing it. It's so strange. Um, yeah. If you want it to be such a standard powerful thing, I mean, just give him something, you know. Um, and then the, the charge up moves where he walks in with the mix up, you know, with the unblockable high. Uh, people over the years have just become like extremely used to dealing with that now. So, yeah, um, you can yeah. fuzzy guard as well. If you're on point, you can fuzzy guard that as well. Yeah, and you can completely neutralize it with some characters, like you know, parrying and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, like if if Gigas had something where he like charges up the hand really slowly, you can interrupt and counter hit him if you react in time. But it connects and it wall splats you on block the way some of these moves do. Um, I think that could be both balanced and and interesting, um, but yeah, uh, I don't think Gigas is, is going to see any changes for the rest of his presence in this game, and I don't think he's going to be in the next one. Oh, no, yeah, no, I think they've I think they've given up on him. I, I think it's where like so few people actually use him, but it's like, <laughs> is it not even worth the developer hours, you know, to balance yeah. or do something with him? I I, I don't know. Shout out to the Gigas players, though. You guys are fucking real, and I respect you, and I love you. And I'm sorry I dropped the character. I should have been, I should have been more loyal. Traitor. <laughs> yeah. 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 Gigas like one of my best matchups because I have a good friend uh, Signal Frafella. He plays Gigas, and he's definitely one of the wow. better ones in Europe. So I got a lot of practice against Gigas. Cool. And his mm. his, his, his weaknesses are pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I could just be mashing, and then he doesn't have much to stop me from doing that because he doesn't have a counter at launch or anything. Yeah. So it's little things like that can carry a character so much in this game, but he just lacks those things. So he definitely falls behind. But it's like his very unique power crush. It's down three four, right? When he absorbs. Yeah. 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 Well, that's useful in some matchups. Like viable or just did something. It's so interesting. It does. Doesn't Zangief do something similar in Street Fighter? I might. I might he has be a parry wrong, kind of mechanic. Yeah. No, he does. He does your right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just wish it just did something more dramatic rather than, you know, being very tough to actually utilize in an efficient way. Yeah. yeah. It's only good, like, like high recovery kind of moves, like Kazumi while running two, for example, or something like that. Yeah. 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 yeah it's always a shame when you have a character who has a few unique tools, but they never really coalesce into anything useful. Um, yeah. Yeah, but now um, we have Fakum now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's you know he's a triumph. He's a triumph. I think we've talked a bit about you know, is he viable on a on a competitive level, but the most important thing is he's fun, he's unique, and he brings something new to the table. And he's yeah, he's definitely a triumph as far as I'm concerned. Yes, yeah. and better than the I mean he's not gonna be 
mega fantastic, but he's better than like Elisa, Katarina, you know, these really sort of weak characters. So it's pretty cool. Another thing that I wanted to bring up before we leave him, though, that I had noticed messing around in practice mode today is something interesting they seem to have done with him, which is kind of taken generic tools and given them a specific input. So, for example, if you launch for like a class one launcher with some characters, you want to do like a delayed hop kick four, right, for damage to start the combo. Uh, like a lot of those, when you launch them really high, you jump and you do a delayed hop mm-hmm. kick, right? With him, he has the 4 forward 1 plus 2, right? Mm-hmm. And then they you can do the, the hop kick, but you can just do up forward 4, and it has like the exact same animation, and it has perfect timing and ties perfectly into that window. So it's almost yeah. exactly like a generic delayed hop kick for combos, but it's just tied to a specific move input form. And it does a little bit more damage as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I think in, um, in well. this yeah. combo situation, yeah. it, I think it evens out to about similar, but yeah. And then his down jab, which is the elbow, he can do like a down two from standing, and it feels more like a, an actual like move of poke move of the character than a generic down jab. So it seems like they, they're taking another weird step here where they're kind of taking these generic tools the characters have and, and tying them into the move list more organically, which is a, just a yeah. weird thing that I was thinking about, yeah. Hmm. Possibly, I mean, it, you know, maybe a, a way of simplifying the game. It's a, it's another like casualization thing that isn't yeah. bad, you know. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, what I mean, no, sorry, go for it. Sorry, sorry. No, I mean, since we're talking about uh, casualization in uh, in Tekken in general, uh, I was reading through the chat while we were talking, and uh, someone mentioned um, that. Uh, that aspect that it seems like ever since season three dropped, everyone seems to get either tracking health sweeps or like just making it so that the lateral movement, like sidestepping and uh, side walking, becomes less and less effective. And maybe that's a good topic to catch up on because I feel like that's a that's a good moment to like um, yeah to like start talking about it because yeah. Frame Whisper was talking about making it easier for like casuals, and so I feel like this yeah. is a good moment to like talk about it totally yeah exactly you know every game continuously they're they're (coughs) diminishing the importance of lateral movement and just movement in general and well i mean what do good and i'm sure it's because the developers (coughs) the bouncing team looks at tekken and they think ah what are good players using to win matches movement well then how do we how do we you know bring the gap closer well let's let's nerf movement but the problem is is that tekken is movement. It's the most unique feature of the game. It's what distinguishes it from just about any other fighting game out there. So when, like, a Tekken game with bad movement is generally a bad Tekken game. Like Tekken 4. I mean, I I love Tekken 4 for, for, you know, all its ballsiness and, you know, its its uniqueness, but it's it's a bad Tekken game. Um, Gameplay is shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm worried. I'm a bit worried if if this is... No worries, no worries. Um, so I'm worried. Yeah. If, <clears throat> if it's such a continuing trend, then I'm I'm worried. Basically, um, if it's, it's gonna you know carry on to Tekken Eight, is is you know if if is sidestepping gonna become even more irrelevant in Tekken Eight? I'm not, I hope not. What do you What do you guys think? Do you guys think that um the like the way the or the the direction that uh, things are currently taking with like adding more tracking health sweeps and um, like 
lowering the skill ceiling in a sense so that uh, lower skilled players can can easier keep up with higher skilled players do you think that's a good trend for fight games in general or do you think there should be like certain levels that you should overcome in order to be able to like beat better players that's like a interesting topic that i would like to talk about and i'm curious as to what you guys think about that I have something to say about that because I honestly think I can't speak about other fighting games, unfortunately, because I don't play them. But I think in the case of Tekken, it's bad and it's counterproductive. And I, I think it's actually making it more difficult for like uh, new players and casual players because, okay, like if you, like you said, you look at the top level players, they're using movement to win. So let's keep adding tracking properties and nerfing movement. Uh, what happens is you end up with characters like Fuckum Rom who like can do crazy like guard breaks and mix-ups and pressure you without necessarily moving around which is a nightmare for casual players and is going to fuck them up but the advanced players they're going to know how to slink out of that no problem anyway uh the the thing with the movement would have been if you want to help the casual players to improve the education on movements It's not like make it so that they don't have to worry about movement. It's more like, okay, make it easier for them to actually learn. And then they yeah. can catch up. Yeah. But it's like, if, it's if, like if they have like these crazy tracking hell sweeps and mix-ups that they can use to compete and just do 50-50s, then it also increases the frustration level uh, of any given Tekken match. Because it's adding more things that you, where you lack agency and can't do anything but guess. Whereas mm. when you have agency, when there was a way you could have gotten out, but you guessed wrong, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, there's an exchange of things happening. So I think if you if you put tools in the game for teaching people about movement, that's better than the nerfing movement. That's just my, my thought on it. Yeah, yeah. I think education is a lot more important than than actually just like making the game easier. That's not a solution. Because what you're doing is, you, like you said, you're just making the experience worse for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, those, those people who are at the intermediate to lower level are going to do better um but what would be the ideal scenario is to just teach them you know i i went i think i felt like we went through the whole of tech and tag 2 with people not understanding that you could have just you could you know like for eddie i was an eddie main back in tag 2 and there were so many even top level players that when once i gave my uh my anti-eddie tutorial they were like you know i didn't even know you could sidestep right versus the relax mix up and beat both options i just took that mix up for six years like you know the answer wouldn't have been to just you know, uh, completely delete that mix up is to educate, you know, because there are ways to beat this stuff. Um, and if people don't know that, then what's, you know, making the game easier, is that even going to bring in like a ton of people? Are we going to just like make, um, I don't know, down forward one plus 10 on block and just like, and uh, are millions of people going to start playing Tekken? No. You know, it's, it's, it's to me, it's like you said, it's counterproductive. It's not good. Like just, uh, there needs to be, Maybe maybe there needs to be more of a of an effort on the developer's part to actually teach the game to people, you know, have a proper tutorial mode. I mean, we've spoken about it a billion times, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, you know, I, I just don't think that's what's happening at the moment. Um, the content creators are doing a good job, but I don't think they, I don't think content creators can do the whole job. It has to be some, some um, culpability has to lie on the, um, on, on the developers as well. Uh, and it's not a solution to just make the game easier because it just ruins the experience for a lot of people. Yeah, mm. I think they're going in the right direction because they put frame data in recently. So I think they're starting to go in a direction where like, okay, we actually have to help the community learn the game. So I think for Tekken Age, I'd say it's a big possibility we'll see better tutorial modes. 
It was like frame data in the game is a huge start. That was something they refused to do for years yeah, and yeah, years yeah. and years. And they finally said, okay, the game is modern now. The the community is has grown up. We've gone a long way since, you know, Tekken 5, Tekken 6, Tie 2. We need mm-hmm. to put frame data in the game now. This simply makes the game easier to learn. It gets people from other fighting games or new fighting game players to get into the game and be like, okay, I can do a move. I can see what it is on screen. I don't have to go online look up some resources, look up frame data. Like, back in Tai 2, I literally did move. Okay, I do, like, Alex is 1-2, for example. I'd be like, okay, Alex 1-2 in Google, frame data, then I have to look up. You know, the, the time spent to look up that move, you know, it's just re- it's really off-putting. But now that I can see it in the game, it's so much easier to learn. You know, it was really interesting, yeah? Like, the whole, the whole, the whole sort of um, period where Leffen was playing Tekken, yeah? And the reason why I was watch I used to, I was watching him. Of course, he was complaining a lot. But something that he said was very interesting, right? So he was sidestepping with Kazumi and 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 getting hit a lot. And he was like, "Why is this happening to me? I'm sidestepping. You know, sidestep is a thing in the 3D game. I'm doing it. It's not working." And I said, "It's because you're pressing a button, so you're expanding your hit, your hurt box when you're when you're sidestepping. So what you should do is you should sidestep, confirm the whiff, and then whiff punish with one one two. He did that, and it li- literally a second later he did it, and he was like, "How?" the hell am i gonna know this mm. If, mm. if 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 no one told me this yeah because i would just end up playing this game and not understanding why i'm getting hit and that that is not something that is clearly um uh, readily available to you information wise that you that you know mm. someone has to tell you and and that's the problem do you know what i mean yeah, so, i didn't even know about that for years like for example like back in tie two like i didn't even know about that at all yeah yeah, yeah. It was so a, and it's such a huge thing as well the huge thing man you know that's why i feel like when people say oh like I'm not improving and how do I improve I feel like in this game when you learn those sort of fundamental things you your game improves so much and uh the game doesn't tell you that stuff you know um the game doesn't tell you that in certain situations when you get hit you should probably go for a back dash instead of us instead of holding back because you can create space uh these are very fundamental things in Tekken which go such a long way that can be very easily lost even if you watch competitive uh Tekken is such a deep game man Uh, I'm not saying other games aren't deep but there are so many little uh, nuances that can get lost when you're watching. Um, and, and there is no way that someone picking up Tekken is going to be able to know that stuff unless someone is there to teach them. And I don't think someone should be there. Doesn't, so someone doesn't have to be there to teach them. They, they should be able to know this information themselves um, by, by playing the game. That's why. I think. Yeah, especially yeah. someone new to the game who has maybe uh, doesn't know anything about resources available online, for example, or is not in a community where they can communicate with other people and learn about the game. You know, just some guy pick up the game, pull into the pull into the console and then, okay, what do I do here? What what what's this, you know, what's all this and what can I do? And and then no one will tell them, okay, you need to look up all these resources online to learn the game when it should be in the game. But I'm hoping for a second age, because they definitely have a budget for second age at this point. Oh so god. Yeah. They can put so I'm hoping they can put all these resources in and help sustain the community because that's such an important thing to help to sustain the community. Fergus, I want to ask you a question, yeah, because uh, your your story is quite interesting in that you're a two-time Tekken World Tour finalist, but you didn't have a, a scene at all in Tekken Tag 2. Um, how 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 did you learn the game? And how, how would you suggest other people who don't have a thriving offline community um, learn the game and get good? In an age where like, information isn't as readily available. I know it's way more, be- it's better now than it was back then, but like, what would you say? Oh, well, back in Taito, you know, we did have a scene for the first six months, but from there on, it was pretty dead. But the way I learned was um, uh, by streaming, because if I had a question, 
I could just ask the chat in real time. Like if I blocked a move, I can just ask, what did he just do there? You know, how do I defend against it? What can I punish it with? And then I just streamed and streamed and grinded it. And eventually I just learned a lot of things purely through my chat alone. Like I really loved the game because I could just ask, you know, like I blocked this move. How mm. bad is it on block? And then that's just the way I learned. So I just kept playing and just kept asking questions in chat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that definitely helps me. Like, so I owe, I owe a lot to my stream for my, any success I had. I owe a lot to my stream. Mm-hmm. And of course the netcode was a lot better back then. So you could play more optimally. Like if it's something minus 14 move, I can do 14 frame punisher in most cases. Like it was more optimal to perfect your play style in that netcode. The netcode nowadays, it's awful. And I've so many habits carry over from online to offline, which cost me, I, which I specifically know has cost me tournament sets. For example, if I block a hop kick, I would just do chop at Asuka. And then instead of like a two, three wall splat, that would want me to run, for example. So like the netcode, it's really difficult to play a really good like punishment style kind of play style because online, you kind of just eventually fall down to um, just mashing Kendrick launchers, just because you can't really whip punish optimally. So you just end up just mashing, throwing things out. And mm. it's such an awful habit to get into. So I d- yeah. definitely tight echoes definitely helped. Like, because my reactions in tag two were sharp because I could play it online. So, yeah. but, but it definitely got worse in tag and seven. Definitely got worse. Every patch as well, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Right every now. patch has made the echo worse. It's actually ridiculous. So what, what did they do? Like, I get so frustrated. It's like, I see a new patch. I'm like, what's worse now? Like, the game's worse now. The echoes worse now. Like, there is no upside to a patch nowadays. Yeah. There's no upside Unless your main gets some cool new toy, and that's basically yeah, it. But and maybe maybe that's why you have a lot of frustrated people because n- not everybody's going to get like cool new stuff on their favorite characters. And whenever you buff one character, that's going to be like the least favorite character of some other people. Bro, it's got to a point now where people are getting buffs to their characters and getting annoyed. I've 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 seen so many horror games <laughs> like yeah. buffing my character. I don't need this. I saw Fergus a lot of times. Fergus is like, they, they keep buffing Asuka and he doesn't understand why. <laughs> like, why? I do, I do worse every time she gets buffed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I, I do. Right now. That's Leroy is the same thing. Leroy is the same thing because people wanted to play him and he was so, they were, why did you make him this good? I wanted to play him and be cool and now I can't. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't understand. That's how you know it's messed up. When your character gets buffed and you get annoyed, that's, 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 <laughs> to do something about that, but yeah um on that note i mean uh, there are uh, some characters who got some pretty good buffs in um in the 3.30 patch so should we uh move on to the next yes. topic? i think it's a, it's a perfect segue point um actually i i made some some popcorn just 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 for this discussion <laughs> <laughs> i've eaten most of it because um there are a few differing opinions um between us about the mishimas and the, uh, the the balance update and where they stand, where they should have been buffed or not. So, I mean, I'll, I'll just throw it to you guys. I mean, um, as we know, the uh, tracking on the hell sweep was increased. So it's harder to sidestep to the left. It's not impossible, but it's quite, you have to be very, very on point with it. And I don't think it's practical in a match to, to really um, to sidestep it. Um, but it, it is possible. And uh, the other buff was, of course, the decreased whiff recovery on the um, Electric Wind Godfist, bringing it back to Tekken 5 Dark Resurrection Tekken Tag Tournament 1 days. 
Um, it's been a while since I played either of those games. I feel it's still a bit longer. Uh, so it's, it's like a middle ground between what it was for like a decade between Tekken 6 and Tekken 7 and how fast it was in Tekken Tag 1 and Tekken 5 DR. Um, it's it's still pretty fucking absurd uh, yeah. with this buff, especially the fact that it now tracks to their weak side. You have to add the season two buff, so it's oh, like yeah. it's the best move by a mile. But people also forget that oh, it's Tekken Five Kazuya again. It's like no, Tekken Five Kazuya was Tekken Five Kazuya because of the movement in that game. Hmm. You don't hmm. have that movement in Tekken Seven, so it's it's not at all the same thing. So people forget that. But yeah, are the buffs absurd? Yeah, they are. And uh, do I like seeing my character be simplified like this? No, I don't. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I feel like, are people surprised? I mean, it's like Tekken 7, uh, reduced movement, uh, insert these fucking crazy over-the-top attacks, like Claudio, back one that just does everything, King, Ford, Ford, one, Asuka, Ford, Ford, three. Every single character has these five over-the-top, dumb you know, completely brain that attacks that you didn't see in prior games, but just shut down movement completely. Oh, I'd like to backdash. I'd like to sidestep. King Ford Ford one. <laughs> oh, I jumped. Oh, you got screwed. Oh, counter it. You got launched. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I see this shit with every character. So I'm like, when I see these buffs, are they absurd? Yeah. Are they in line with Tekken 7? <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like Dragonov, a character I loved in Tag 2. Loved how technical he was. And, so, and then comes Tekken 7, reduced movement. Yeah. Is he good now that people can't step his shit or backdash? Of course, JNCR suddenly remove Hayashi, start playing Dragonov, start doing this. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just the game. And of course, it's dumb. Uh, you don't have yeah. to worry about depth now with Mishima's as much. No. Uh, but yeah, it's Tekken 7. It's Tekken 7. Mm. To me. I Did think you said uh, that Aria, like, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, you go first. You go first. Sorry. I just because uh, Arya kind of set it up like there there was going to be this great debate here, where like the Mishima players were like happy and and enjoying this. And I'm honestly, surprised. you go on Reddit now. There's a lot of stuff where like you know, oh, the main man's totally masturbating over these Kazia buffs. But I think like pretty much everybody who plays the game, um, a lot is like, is this pretty weird? Like even the Mishima players are like, that's weird. Did we need that? Uh, it's you know yeah. some people some people might be super happy and excited about getting to use it uh, because you know they get an advantage and they enjoy winning which is one thing it's fine it's to be expected but I don't think anybody's like that's the change we needed and then there are these like Arslan said in his great uh, post that he made and I love him for making that he's like but there are these like very standout obvious changes that are needed. Like yeah. clean, clean hit range on Elisa's down three. It's been a very simple fix, like something uh, they could do in five minutes. And it's been an issue since she came into the game. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think honestly, we it's not going to be a big debate. I think we kind of agree that it's weird. It's just the difference is some of us play Mishima's and like to do that, and some of us don't. But mm, Mihon, I wanted to ask you, do you feel like hey, Hachi got a little bit fucked? Because he's like the one guy who didn't get anything, right? Um, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned it. I honestly, I, I got to a state with uh, Season 3 and Season 2 as well, where I kind of stopped caring about Hachi in a sense. <laughs> not not as in like, as in like, yeah, whatever, buff him, nerf him, it's fine. I'll just try to deal with it. Uh, I think that's that's the best we can do, honestly, because we can't change it anyways. If they want to buff a character that they feel like uh, deserves the buffs, they will do that. If they feel like a character deserves a nerf, they will do that as well. So 
there is no real point in arguing in that. Um, of course, I like the, the the electric buff for Hayachi as a just because every every player would take that buff, but it's just silly and just playing with the character is not as fun anymore as it used to be. As with every Mishima, I mean, I played Mishima since Tag Two as well, and um, I think that just in general, um, ever since season two, they got really dumb in a sense. I think that the electric tracking that they got in season two is basically the tag two tracking. However, with the nerfed movement in over uh, in Tekken seven that we have overall, it's just so annoying to play against these characters offline more so than online. And I feel like a lot of characters profit online more than offline, but I just feel like um, Mishima's got really dumped down to a point where the identity of Mishima is kind of, it's kind of lost in a sense that uh, with Mishimas, good Mishimas, you could always see that good Mishimas were experts at changing up that timing, dashing your face, waiting, backdashing, sidestepping electric, all of that. Yeah. And you could see the expertise in a good Mishima player when he did that kind of stuff. That's why you saw so many Mishimas in Tekken 5 and Tekken 5 DR because the movement was so was so important in order to realign with your opponent that they kept doing that over and over. Now with Tekken mm. 7, if you can wave dash and do electric or health sweep, you're a god at Mishimas, mm. which is something I really dislike to see because it takes the whole identity of Mishimas, in my opinion. Mm. And I practice that stuff a lot as well. I practice to change up my time and stuff with Mishimas. So now playing Mishimas feels, doesn't really feel rewarding and fun in a sense that it's just, it's just dumb. I don't like, I don't like it when, when I know my, my opponent is technically doing the right thing He's sidestepping. Uh, he's sidestepping, or sidewalking me for something that where he has a read on my move, and he just can't because movement is holding him back. I don't like that aspect one one bit about Tekken Seven. And there is a lot of characters that have that, and it it just kind of it kind of like as I said before, since we were talking about uh, skill ceiling, it really lowers the skill ceiling overall. Now it feels like a lot of characters, not only Mishima, there is a lot of characters that have dumb shit. Uh, Leroy has a homing health sweep for, for no reason. No one knows why he has that. Um, no. A lot of characters have this kind of stuff where they just no. track you down no matter what you do. And in older games, it, it wasn't like this. And yeah, it just, it kind of, for me personally, it ruins the joy of playing Tekken with movement as I used to do before because I, I just know I can't do that much. And with a with the netcode that is getting worse and worse, online becomes more frustrating as well to play. Um, but yeah, I just I just hope that um, Namco maybe reconsiders their choice of you know putting more effort into the movement aspect of the game because that's how I feel is like the identity of Tekken. It's always been, and in my opinion, it will always be. That's the reason why I started playing the game. And yeah, yeah, now it just feels like it just feels like it's more about guessing game, like in a two D yeah. game, and it's not about yeah. it's not what it should be about, in my opinion. Not in a three D game, at least in a two D game, that's fine because it belongs to to that game or to that genre. But in a three D game, movement is a very technical and yeah, very important aspect that we sh that we just can't leave out just because it's it it belongs to the game, you know. Yeah, so that's how I feel. Yeah. I agree. I think that, you know, um, I agree with both of what you guys have said about they are, there are a lot of dumb moves in this game. You know, uh, I think main man, you said forward, forward, three, Asuka, you know, at one point that high crushed as well. So it's a high crushing yeah, mid, no. homing, yeah, it's still stupid. 
It was so like, great. I didn't ask for this. I... I'm like, what? What <laughs> is that pack? I'm like, what? What is this? No, it was yeah. stupid. Like, it was like I threw it was... all the time. It's so brain dead. I told bro, my you tech used tournament, tournament, bro. I did a game with them with that move. I said quickly, name a property that Oscars four three doesn't have, and they all failed. <laughs> I gave show. them like <laughs> ten seconds, and they were like, it doesn't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so many moves I feel like where now it's like there's no. I do you know what I hate? I what I really dislike. I dislike the disparity in 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 risk reward now. And like yeah, yeah. the the that's why everyone hated Leroy because his risk reward was so unbalanced. It was yeah. like there was little to no risk, and the reward was massive. So they've now balanced that a little bit more. But now, yeah, there are other characters where the risk and reward is just like it's it's insane. Like and and the sort of we use the term brain dead. It's 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 a deep word, but it's kind of true in a way because you just you're just doing a move. The risk is not there, but the reward, if it does hit, is is really big. And yeah, I agree with the Mishima stuff as well, man. I mean, think about it. I remember uh, when I was in Poland and we got to see uh, Kudans versus Nidu, a Devil Jin mirror. That shit was sick because you could clearly see the mind games that were being played. They were using moves to track uh, each other just because, just if they decided to sidewalk left and stuff. And now, if if a Devil Jin player does a cr- crouch dash cancel while standing two, it's like, well, that's not even cool anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's like now you sidestep left, you're going to get hit by the hell sweep and the forward and the while standing two. Now it's just a complete, yeah, like, and yeah. now it's a walking, um, a walking 50-50 launch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's well, fast and, and what happens when you have an electric that recovers that fast and also tracks both sides? Like well, Exactly. <laughs> That's such a good point. Because my thing yeah. is, Kazuya is one of my worst matchups. As a, not as a, based on my character, as a player. It's, it's one of the characters I struggle the most against. Because they're so yeah. compact. You know, if they're good, very few mistakes. So the one thing I do do is I try and smell the electric and I duck and I go under or I try and step it and I can find it on whiff. And if I can do that, because I know uh, online Mishima guys, they're very happy about the fact that they know how to do fast electrics. So they're not not going to use it. They are going to bust out at some point. No. You know, they're just waiting for it. And then, uh, but now that it recovers, I mean, three frames is so much bigger than you'd think. Mm. And so now it's like, I I evade this. It's got pushback. It's very, very safe. You know, if it hits, I'm blown up. But I evade it perfectly or I duck it perfectly. And I did something really hard with perfect timing. And then yeah. my, I do my while standing launcher. It gets blocked. And then because Kazia has amazing block punishment, he fucks my ass because he blocked my launcher. So it's kind of like uh, punishing you for, uh, for trying to play well against it. Yeah, which you is fucked why, up, like, man. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I just wanted to say that because I had a funny thought earlier. Um, I think because... Okay, they balance based on Tekken World Tour usage statistics and win rates. But mm. how do they weigh those different things? Because Kazuya is one of the most popular mm. characters in the game since release, but he hasn't won many big tournaments. So mm. if a really popular character isn't winning tournaments, that's when they buff them. But if a character is not popular at all and completely neglected, Elisa Gigas, we don't care about them. I think that's what they're doing. I think but, so too. Yeah, yeah, but the fun thought I had is like, okay, so if they're balancing based on stuff like the Tekken World Tour, curating representation and popularity, and there are many, many people who watch the Tekken World Tour who don't necessarily play a lot of Tekken, then in a way the game is being balanced more for people who don't play Tekken than for people who do. Uh, at least in that at least in that one aspect. If you want to make the Tekken World Tour a more interesting marketable viewer experience. Then you're on, and also another interesting thing is when the game is new, 
a majority of the revenue from it comes from just selling copies of the game. Mm-hmm. But now most people who are going to own the game already own it. So I want to know how much money are you making selling the game and how much money are you making selling Cup Noodle? Because if you're making much more money selling Cup Noodle, then more of your focus is going to be on making the world tour enjoyable and successful and hype and whatever you want it to be. And it's not as important to you to make the gameplay experience attractive because you already sold all the copies of Tekken 7 you're going to sell. Mm. Yeah, but the thing is, you shouldn't underestimate the uh, longevity of a game and the amount of copies they've sold um, years after the initial release, mu- much more than they initially expected. They probably mm. had a really good year one, but then, uh, you know, a much better than projected year two. Uh, and they just passed, what, 5 million sales? Yeah. I mean, compare that to Tag 2 that sell- sold 1.5 million, and where Harada said that, we really captured the hardcore community with Tag 2. We really did. A complicated game. Uh, hardcores loved it. Casuals hated it. So what do they do with Tekken 7? Well, it's a bit like a Street Fighter going from Third Strike to Street Fighter 4, where they really simplify a lot and remove a lot of mechanics. And as we said, re- reduce movement, brain dead attacks. And uh, for the casuals, you know, hit sparks, slow motion, rage art, rage drive. It's very dynamic and cool to look at. So you capture the casuals. Uh, you, you simplify it, and I know casuals love the fact that it, you can't pick up anymore. You know, I'm doing a back crawl. He picked me up and tagged two, and I got floated yeah. again. Um, obviously, doing well with casuals and us hardcores, we see some problems with the gameplay. But as the game is selling so well, I think they are getting reinforced all the time that this simplification is paying off, mm-hmm. most likely, and we're yeah. going in the right direction. It didn't work for Street Fighter, for Street Fighter, in my opinion. You know, Street Fighter Four was. I'm talking to Street Fighter guys. They're like, that was the game that was deep, and and they say was, that their, that Street Fighter Four was was their Tekken Seven, or Tekken Seven is our yeah. Street Fighter Four in in a way like, that Street was Fighter Four like revived so the whole too. genre. Like yeah. Street Fighter Four like revived fighting games. I mean, it Street did. Yeah. It made the community yeah. what it is now. Like. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. And that game was more complicated. It was, it was, it was a lot harder to compete at the highest level um, uh, compared to what it is now. I'm not going to pretend like I know about Street Fighter. That's why I asked the question on Twitter recently. I said, you know, what is it that has brought the West a lot closer to the East? Is it the game? Is it like just experience or what it is? But Street Fighter Five, talking to the players, they're like, yeah, it's it, it is a lot more just like 50-50 and a little bit. It's it's a very um, uh, crazy game at the moment, or at least it was. And I don't think going in that direction for Tekken is going to make the game more popular, man. Like, it didn't work for Street Fighter. I mean, let's just say that, like, you know, let's just say they make Hellsweep actually homing, you know, and like minus 13 or something. You know, is that going to bring in more players? No, I don't know. I mean, yes, uh, the game has been saying really well. I don't, I don't think it's because the game become easier. I just think that, you know, there's so many factors to it. There's so many factors yeah, to I mean, Tekken. Getting, yeah, but I mean, um, Street Fighter 4 did really well. Much better than Street Fighter 3, but in my opinion, I'm not a Street Fighter expert, but it looks more complicated to me and has more depth. You mean Third um, Strike, yeah? Third yeah, Strike, I, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Street Fighter 5 is released and is even more simplified than Street Fighter 4, from what I understand. But I think the big problem with Street it's Fighter 5 was that... Yeah. Well, I mean, on launch, it, it was for the hardcore community. Here, you can play Versus, you can play online, but there's nothing for casual gamers. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was a big hit on, on Street Fighter. Uh, yeah. The launch package was just rubbish. <laughs> it, 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 worst thing I've ever seen, I think. On yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Street Fighter V was a, a very confused product, especially at launch, because 
Um, as you mentioned, there was no n- nothing there for casual players like the arcade mode or story mode or whatever that the casual players yeah. you know, gravitate towards. But um, at the same time, the, the gameplay was clearly designed for a casual audience. It was very much about coin flips, 50-50s, huge comebacks from the V-Trigger. Um, yeah. So the gameplay is designed for a casual audience, but it's lacking the package that a casual audience would want to pick up the game. Exactly. Yeah. Um, on on this topic, I you know it's a very delicate balance um, about because it, it's unquestionable that that Tekken is where it is today because they simplified movement to a degree with Tekken Seven, and they mm. rounded off some of you know the more complex edges, and you know even a small change like like the Hell Sweep thing, um, it shows you how difficult this is. And I certainly wouldn't want to be in that position because like, if you look at this one change, it's, it's kind of in, in the grand scheme of things, it's one move, right? And it's kind of insignificant, but look how much of an effect it's been having on the community. You're so right, Arya. You're so right. Like three, three recovery frames on electric might look like tiny, but it's huge. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think the reason there's confusion in that long post from Arslan and all the rest of it has more to do with the fact that, Doing that very specific change to those moves in in the context of other characters being completely neglected, mm. um, you know what I mean? Just, it's like if you want to sit down and start worrying about a new balance patch for Tekken today. If I was on that team, I would probably look at okay, what characters are like considered unreasonably strong right now and are dominating? What can we do about that? What characters mm. are being used almost at all? How can we like you know because if a character that is so underused that almost nobody touches it can start to work itself into the meta, then it's almost like a new character, you know, being introduced. I I but, just uh, wish. So sorry, Adrian, go for it, go for it. No, no, sorry, Aria. Yeah, but I, I just wanted to interject as you said that I think that um, the competitive scene for Tekken as hardcores were just so minuscule and small mm-hmm. that. They don't give a shit if more of us start playing Gigas. Oh, he got buffs. I mean, how many people of those 5 million who bought the game do you think read the patch notes? I mean, there are a couple of thousand of us in those 5 million. And what they want is a lot of people to pick up Gigas. And I think they have sniffed up that the visual, his design, his animations didn't click with uh, casual crowds. So I think they've just given up on him because they feel that uh, no matter, do we really want to waste man hours on this? You know, maybe get Frame Whisper to pick him up. No, <laughs> <You know>? mm, <laughs> I, I think, think you're exactly it's probably right. not a priority. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah, I think you're exactly right. I, I think the yeah. main just to pick up on what you said there, anyway. Um, the I think the worst example I saw was when Rangchu won Tech Tour with Panda, and then that's the, the most players. exciting thing. That's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was so yeah. And, and and Rangchu winning Tekken World Tour was, I think, so far the most exciting moment of Tekken Seven yeah. competitively. But then they nerfed Panda. Yeah, that that, that is ridiculous. Yeah, because they don't want it to happen. Ridiculous. Yeah, like where they're nerfing characters based on tournament results. Yeah, they've just admitted. They admitted that they they they're changing based on tournament results, which is which. Like I said, I asked the question earlier: Was yeah. it the player or was it the character? Of course, but they they need to be able to make that distinction. We can. We're sitting here saying, "Yo, that player is is not only bringing out the best in this character. The guy's a fucking magician, bro, because he shouldn't be able to do that." 
Yeah. But yeah. Th they need to know that. They need to know, fuck, man, this character is not that good, but this man made it work. Let's leave it, man. Th yeah. There's and a difference between a broken character and someone who's really good at the game. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, the perfect example as well, because you can you can change the frame data of every move on Devil Jin and every move on Panda. It doesn't change the fact that he can block that many hell sweeps in a row. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Ranchu, Ranchu is characterized by his really strong defense. That's why that's why he won the world tour. He, he had a great day as well. Got a little bit of luck, you know, as everyone needs in the tournament. But I mean, he he, he is an incredible player. And I think it's, it's so deep that they, they had to, that they nerfed Panda after that. It's so deep. Because so that, that just shows a lack of understanding on their part that they, uh, that, you know, they actually assumed that it was the character that, that one. And that's what it, that's what it shows to me. You, you, you nerfed the character, you're, uh, you're making an assumption that it's the character that won the world tour, not really you. And mm. also Galanda and Katrina as well. It was the same thing because Dragonoff and Jack were only uh, were the characters that JDCR and Saint used, and they were pretty much the only ones, at least for JDCR, he was the only one that was dominating this much with Dragonoff. Nobody here and there, but he wasn't like winning majors. It was only JDCR doing the yeah, work yeah. with Dragonoff and Saint, and maybe Noroma and Anakin, but Anakin wasn't doing as well in Season 1 compared to Saint and, like, uh, Noroma. He, he got... Yeah. yeah, exactly, and, like, I'm, I, I feel like it's it's not the right direction of Namco to, as you, as you said, I just want to agree with you, instead of, instead of actually looking at the results, and instead of looking at who's winning with that character, oh, let's buff him or nerf him, let's actually see what certain tools a character has, and actually reconsider or like evaluate the tool by tool is it a good tool is it is the tool too good do we do we need to tone it down do we need to buff it because the thing is like that people that know Dragonov, for example even though main man said um Dragonov has a lot of mids and good tracking i disagree with that honestly because i'm a Dragonov player myself and i've been playing him and heihachi for years now and the thing is like his generic pokes that he has, except for down two, you can all step them to the right, mm -hmm. like literal pokes. And the thing is that the the why JDCR made it work so well is because he's a genius at um, switching up his timings and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't see why Namco would which would see the need to change that just because a player is making it work. It's the same as you said with Rangchu. Rangchu is known for his defense. He's a god at defense. Yeah. And why would they nerf a character just because someone is winning a tournament with him because of his actual skill and not the character himself, you know? Bro, and there are some players here who just give him a down forward one, a jab and a, and a low, and, and they'll win. They'll win a tournament. That's, they're just yeah. that good. Do you know what I mean? Because their defense is that good. But what are you going to do? You're going to take away his fucking jab. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just like just delete all of his moves. Give him like, that's, that's exactly what they're doing in, in a very extreme sense, my example, yeah? But that's what it is. Um, and I think I, I keep going back to the Kazumi example because it illustrates it so well, man, that they nerfed him, uh, nerfed Kazumi, sorry, and, and Take, I think Kokoma as well. A lot of people dropped that character for the finals in 2018. Then Arslan comes at Evo Japan, kind of uh, nerfed Kazumi and already nerfed Kazumi uh, and, and wins stuff. And then she gets nerfed again. And I think like it, I feel like at that point, it was only really Ulsan and, and Arslan using Kazumi as a main, main character and bodying people. Um, yeah. Using very very basic tools like a jab, a down forward one, back to um, and and her good lows. Of course, Kazumi is a very strong character, but um, those guys were able to bring out something in that character that nobody else could. And, and that's yeah. the crazy thing about it is that is that they've actually also admitted that they are nerfing characters because of tournament performances. So essentially, 
Arslan is getting characters nerfed. Yeah, Orsan is, is getting characters nerfed. is getting characters nerfed. Picked up your main character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's literally. It's, it sounds like a joke, but it's not. These players are getting characters nerfed by being good players. That's messed up. Yeah. yeah, I think everyone this podcast has played. It's like before Tekken Seven. Like we know what moves were like in Tag Two, for example. I think we all spent most of our time there. And uh, you know, the, the biggest thing would be Capo back one four in Tag Two. That would be like yeah. an extreme move in that game. But mm. that move wouldn't be out of the norm in Tekken Seven because the mental be dumb moves. Yeah. The, the mental dumb moves went up so much in Tekken Seven. Yeah. Like in yeah. Tag Two, yeah. the top tiers were fine. Like they were very beatable. Like they weren't obscene. In Tekken 7, tag, tag 2 top tiers would be like mid-tier in Tekken 7, for example. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just so unfortunate. And it's just the, the complexity of decision-making in Tag 2 or prior games where you would use A, B, C, or D, depending on you know trying to get a read on what your opponent is about to do. And you need A to counter sides at left. You need B to counter whatever. But in Tekken 7, you just have these in my opinion, like two to five moves per character where it just everything. It covers everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and like, it's, um, it's very dull. I feel like the, like for the mission moves, for example, like Heihachi, yeah? Mihoka, I can ask you this question. Like, I feel like there would, there would be so many other ways for them to buff those characters to make them um, more viable in tournament or, or make people pick them up more, yeah? So, yeah, for example, you know Heihachi... I would buff Mishimas if I was yeah. in the death yeah, I wouldn't even yeah. touch. I wouldn't even touch their health sweeps or their or their electric because that's mm-hmm. not what what distinguishes a good Mishima player from a bad one. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just a tool to give it to everyone so that people that are not as good with Mishimas have now a chance to win against people that are better than them. Innocent. What mm-hmm. what they should have buffed with Mishimas, in my opinion, if you ask me, is that what is the what I want to ask you you guys that what is the key essential thing to w- Mishimas if you play them. Isn't it about whiff punishment and creating space and waiting for the right moment to, to catch them with an electric? For, for that, me, I don't that's, play them. But uh, for that's me, it's my like... understanding from playing Mishimas. It's about, it's about you, you see someone with electric, boom. That's what it is about. And so why didn't they, why didn't they reconsider buffing their sidestep a little bit or buffing their movement a little bit? They didn't need to touch any of their moves. Zafina has godlike movement. Parkumram has really good movement. They didn't need to have the hell sweep the way it is right now, and they didn't need to have an electric the way it is right now. But yeah, what yeah. what it is is if someone has a right read on you, and I, I, this is funny because I tested it in, in Tag Two as well, and I want to give you this small example of Tag Two. So I tested this exactly with Heihachi since you asked me. I, what I did in Tag Two and then in Tekken Seven, I was streaming at the time. I did um, Brian's jab into a down forward two. And I tried to step after the down forward, uh, after the jab. So basically, block the jab, step the down forward two to the yep. left side. In Tekken Seven, that does not work. In Tekken Tag Two, you could step that, you could step that just fine and launch it. Mm-hmm. Another example was Miguel doing like a down forward one on hit, and then doing another down forward one. Miguel's down forward one is plus five on hit, and if he does another down forward one, um, in Tag Two you were able to step that. In Tekken Seven, you are not able to step that at, with Heihachi at all. Thing is, though, a sidestep is six frames quick. So in theory, mathematically speaking, you should be able to sidestep. But due to the inconsistency in sidesteps in general by a lot of characters, it's not, it's not really consistent. And it, you, you just never know if you should sidestep or if you just should take the mix-up, you know? And a good way to buff Mishimas in that sense would, uh, would be give them better movement. 
because that's their identity. That's what they shine for. You know? you're, you're absolutely I just feel right. like you answered your own question, but you're after buffing low-level Mishima players in the easiest yeah. way possible, simplifying. Just a very simple change to make them do better. Everyone throws Hellsweep. Congrats, they track now. They are not after you know, buffing movement to give the game more depth. They want to make it more simplified. So you buff the health suite. It's, uh, it's like a, uh, they have a different approach, yeah. obviously. Mm. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It seems like the, the thrust behind the balancing isn't how can we make this character more interesting? How can we make this no, a better no, game? No. It seems to be how can we make this game easier? Um, how can we make it more marketable? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's it's exacerbated by the lack of transparency behind these balance changes because what you get is like well here are some patch notes sometimes they're in wingdings and what is the idea what is <laughs> what is what is the the train of thought behind these balance changes I mean I brought this up on Twitter but from season three in in Killer Instincts and I always bring up Killer Instincts because it, it's such a good example for fighting games in so many ways but you, they they gave players reasoning behind the balance changes. Like, this is what we're going for with this character. They mm, were even accompanied right. by videos. Tekken needs to start, not just Tekken, any fighting game needs to start doing this because it just seems like Bandai Namco <laughs> sitting up, you know, atop this ivory tower, just making changes that seem arbitrary and it pisses the community off. And if you, mm. and if you compare where we are today to what, you know, season two, uh, two Rangchu winning TWT, or even six months ago, or even three months ago, um, TWT finals in Thailand, it's like night and day, like the reception of the community. It's soured immensely because of a few key, you know, missteps. Um, there was Leroy, there was the frame data debacle. Uh, and now, um, I, I don't think people would have been as pissed off about this whole hell sweep thing if it wasn't preceded by other questionable decisions. I, I think Leroy was the big turning point in oh, terms yeah. of community versus development. That's when they lost trust. Because yeah. Leroy was an enormous fuck-up. It, it really yeah. was. Can't yeah. understand. It's the, it's the fact they had a patch ready to nerf them when they released them. I think that's when people yeah. lost trust in them. That's, yeah. that's when, when it became, was... became so obvious that even the people who like... Because I, I made a video about it uh, two days ago where I talked about that, and I still have people calling... Because like you said, I was so vocal about Leroy because I was like genuinely disgusted. Um, not because what it was doing to the game, because I felt like the people who watch our videos, you know, who, uh, who we create for, were being like spoken down to and used by this corporation, which is why I got upset. But when those nerfs came out and had a date on them, it's so obviously, uh, like it's, it's proof, right? So you can't really deny it anymore at that point. Yeah, you know what's so funny is that the uh, the the patch that was um that that we saw was actually going to be released uh, that they before Leroy is even released that that those notes didn't even go over a lot of his dumb moves. So it's no. like, did they even no. truly know how stupid the character was themselves? You know, did they know what to nerf, or was it really just down to the community outlining it to say, okay, this move's dumb, that one's dumb? Did you know? I don't know. It's just, it just seems like, it seems like such a lack of understanding, man. They, they point, must you know I mean? have known. Mishima Star is no idiot. And looking at down one plus two, neutral, forces crouch, hits across the stage, counter it launcher, <laughs> tracks to one side. It's like, 
you have to yeah. be a two-week Tekken player to fail to see that this is just the best fucking attack in the game. Like, and mm. and he has fifty of those. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on, yeah. they knew. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if they want more people watching tournaments, then it would make sense to introduce a lot more character diversity into the tournaments. So that would include yeah. buffing the low tiers, nerfing the top tiers a little bit, maybe leave the middle tier a bit longer, maybe tiny bit buffs or whatever. Yeah. More characters in tournaments, more people watching, more interesting experience. Like, for example, in Season 1, when John Ding used Chloe, no one played Chloe in tournaments. No. So when John Ding plays Chloe in tournaments, everyone gets hype in the chat. It's like, oh, a Chloe player. A low, like a relatively low-tier character playing against yeah. maybe a Devil Jin or whoever was dragging off, Chark, blah, 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 you know? Like, it was, it was cool. Like, it was, oh, sick. You know, Chloe's on, Chloe's on the top eight of a major tournament. Exactly. Yeah, and then, we're, we're just then what happens since, like... Mm. Sorry. So, you know, so, you know, that was my point. Yeah, they need to introduce more character diversity. Yeah, but by I mean, making I, I changes just... to the lower tier characters. Yeah, but there's definitely yeah. bias in the balancing team. I mean, yeah. like Devil Jin and Steve, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you explain that? It's always S tier, always S tier. It's like, yeah. it's a Devil Jin. Yeah. Oh, for Tekken 7, let's give him follow up guaranteed back four after upward four. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was it, it's... I think the solution is um is is quite simple and it and it goes down back to what Arslan said in that um competitively of I'm talking competitively now, yeah. Um yeah. is to buff characters real fundamental pokes. And that's not gonna have any uh consequences for the intermediate well, for the lower level to intermediates, but it'll have a huge, huge impact on the on the high level. Like like he's like Arslan said many many times that he feels like Nina's down forward one used to be um, buffed and, and that's these are very these are changes that are not going to make a massive difference to the intermediate to low level not going to make their experience any worse but you know buffing these small these small pokes like you said as well mihawk you know like maybe a little bit better backdash and sidestep from uh, for the mishimas and you know i don't know just these small small changes i think to fundamental moves to the to the fundamental moves will will make a big difference and and like like fergus said you know when you watch someone someone like john ding his his Chloe and how he was able to beat people like Jimmy J Tran uh, in season one tournaments with that character. He just used her down forward one, her low pokes, her, her jab strings, and her running three so well to create pressure. Timing was such a big thing. Um, and you know, you buff these little fundamental things that like down forward one is no one's going to complain, no one's going to cry. But the high level, we're going to start seeing different characters represented. I feel, you know, and, and that's the, that, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, you just nailed it. I mean, um, I think it's like the, the lower level players aren't even going to recognize it. If a Nina or a Dragonov has a better tracking down forward one, it's not going to do anything for them if they don't use that move that much. But what's mm. it going to do for the higher level players? They're actually going to use these moves more because they feel like it has an actual purpose instead of, instead of just whiffing the whole time, you know? And so I think that's a really good point. And I think another point that I want to mention, since you guys were talking about transparency... Uh, I play a lot of other different games, and something that I've seen with a uh, game from Blizzard, it's called Overwatch. I don't know if you know it. It's an FPS game. What they do sometimes is, um, what they do, what is really nice, is they do some sort of uh, death update where they make like a YouTube video and where they actually talk about the changes and the thought process behind it. And I think that's a really cool idea because you can actually um, get into their minds and get into their mindsets. Like, what were they thinking when they did this and that? And then you can kind of like, openly discuss with them or just like you, you can be more open with them and get a better grasp of what they were thinking when they 
did nerf this character, buff this character. And I feel like something like this would be so beneficial for Tekken because yeah. then the people would actually have an, have an idea of what actually is a good thing or not a good thing, you know? And yeah. that way, um, you, could buff, you could buff or nerf characters without making them entirely broken and then still keeping the skill ceiling in a very good way so that lower-level players can play with the tools that they want to use and the higher-level players still have useful tools for the higher level. And that's, mm -hmm. that would be a good thing, yeah, yeah. I, I think I can lend some perspective on that because what you have to realize is that Namco is a very old, very large, very Japanese company. Right. Yeah. And I'm around these people and I, wor I work in some of these companies and I can tell you I've been in these giant Japanese corporations where you literally do not have a single person who can speak what can be called even conversational English. I mean, mm -hmm. there's basically one person in Amco that we know of, and that's Murray. And that's why I think a lot of the attention from the international community gets focused on him with all this negativity. Yeah. They yeah. did that developer diary thing where they had him and one of the Japanese developers talk about uh, Fuckum Ramen Leroy. And I thought that video cool. was like cool and interesting and beautiful. So I think they're trying to move into, the, into that direction. But there was a guy here in, I want to give him credit, uh, Suicide Noir or something in the chat. He's like, if they hired more non-Japanese people. And I think like in if in the marketing team or, or if they have, you know, a PR wing, I don't know how that works internally for them. But if they had more people who were more sensitive to that, because you have to realize here in Japan, you do not like go out and openly criticize large corporations. You do not talk up to people. You you get spoken down to and you right. lower your head. Very hierarchical. And, 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 you, and, you, and that's how just how it works here. Yeah. Consumer yeah. rights and stuff like that. And also, there are so many barriers in the PR between corporations and, and the public. Everything is calculated down to like the millisecond. So uh, there's there's not going to be like you know uh, a tech and developer and like you know with a five o'clock shade sitting down and going like here's what we're thinking guys let's do a Q and A you know yeah. and ask me anything on Reddit or whatever. So I but think they, it, but they have branches in America they have the UK branch of of Namco which is pretty big you know you have yeah. the US branch you have Namco Europe which is based in Lyon you have yeah and and, and Europe you know they 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 um, communicate directly to Japan. You no know, UK reports to Europe, but uh, Europe they they have a they have a relationship. So I'm yeah. saying is that US Europe, you know these, these these people could definitely help in this regard. They don't need to. I mean, the Japanese yeah. branch doesn't have to really. I'll, uh, I'll just say yeah, I, if that's the case, I'll just let you know. In a company like that, they report back to Japan. And I can yeah. promise you that any decision that matters is made made here entirely. Exactly. Oh no, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I'm not saying it's it's not good. Like from what I've but you have a good point. They could like maybe decentralize that a little bit, and then you know, because uh, like you said, like we get these patch notes and they're wingdings and the grammar is off, and sometimes they're just wrong. Like there's probably not even a single person out there who can like go through them a couple of times and edit them properly. I mean, I think we're talking about that level, like hyper Japanese ness when it comes to the the the, the balancing team. It's my guess. Mm. Yeah, and, and again, we don't really, we don't really even know their intentions, released, you know? right? No one understood them at all until someone uh, translated them. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why, why were they like that, man? Like, what? <laughs> so I'm so, I'm so glad my dot box line got buffed, man. Like, <laughs> couldn't yeah. understand it at all. But um, yeah. yeah, it's like 
uh, we don't even know their intention. You know what I mean? Like main man said that they have Mishima star in, in their, in their balancing team, but what's their intentions? You know, is their intention to, to, to just make the game easier for the low, the low level players? Do they care at all about, um, making the competitive environment really diverse and, and cool to watch? Do they care? If they do care, then I would, um, I would argue that, you know, even with Mishima star in their balancing, they don't really understand how to make it more diverse. Making putting more dumb moves with giving a character a dumb move is not going to make this this game more diverse. You know, giving them a, an Asuka four four three, a season one Leo back one, and these type of moves is is to buff the fundamental stuff. You know, buff like, just like Arslan said, read his thing again. Down forward one, you know, the jab, the movement, uh, just very very simple things. I think can go such a long way to making a a diverse competitive field. It's a great ride. I, think about the shitty all... characters that I play. You know, down three for Eliza. Tiny little move would really help her. Jabs for Miguel would really help her. Mm. Or him. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, when, when you look over the balancing for Tekken in general since the beginning of season three, it's honestly quite schizophrenic. And I can't really see a consistent train of thought. Because when season three came out, a bunch of characters actually became more difficult to play. Geese became considerably more technical. Steve became a lot harder to play. You have to commit to this very hard down forward two combo. So I thought the general thrust was, let's let's make this game more technical in a sense. I was like, okay, yeah. that, this, is, this is a promising sign. Um, you know, you're maybe gate locking big damage behind certain technical limitations. That's another topic. I'm not entirely happy about that, but that's another topic. But I didn't think they were going down this route of making the game easier. But ever since the Leroy patch, it really seems like they've kind of flipped on that. And and I, yeah. and but again, the lack of transparency is the issue here. I have no idea what they're thinking or why they're making these changes. But they seem to go flip flop from different, you know, decision making patterns. It's yeah. it's really bizarre. <laughs> We can only make assumptions and, and you know, the, the hell sweep thing is a pretty big, that's why it's such a big issue because it's a very fundamental historic thing that they've yeah. made a massive change to. And and to make such a drastic change, there has to be a, a, a very clear motive behind that. And the only motive that we have been able to think about here right now was that they're just making it easier or making that character more accessible um, for the lower level players. That's it. You know what I mean? Like if you, if, if people are sidewalking left all the time and beating your character, then, you know, that's not an issue anymore. They're supposed to characters of the game yes, as well, so exactly. maybe they just want to show them and determine more like more representation. E exactly. I mean, when people think of Tekken, they think of uh, Mishima's. You know, they think of probably Paul Law and Mishima's. They're the poster um, characters for the franchise, and they probably wanted more Mishima representation in tournaments. Um, yeah, but, Mishima's but, is a weird yeah. one as well, you know, because Mishima's like I made the point that you know buffing fundamental moves will make that character more represented. I don't know if that would if that would work with with Mishima's because they are they do have a, a, a high uh, execution ceiling uh, in a way. So like even buffing buffing like Devil Jin's down forward one would more people play that character? Probably not. So that's probably that might have been what they were thinking. Like we need to buff something more than just their fundamental um, moves and and to to make people pick up the character. So that that might have been it as well. Which sucks for you guys who who've been playing Mishima's for a long time and have been able to change up your timing and 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 use moves that track and play this deep level mind game. But um, I don't know. Uh, I, I personally think, after thinking about it for a while, that they have re-evaluated the Hell Sweep. And it started a few years ago where usually Mishima's did Hell Sweeps. And they've been, they've been around since forever. The animation is the same. They haven't fought 
about it. It's just legacy. We'll leave it. It's like Armor King's Hopkick. It's just a novelty from the past. You know, we don't modernize it. But then in Tekken 6, we got Bob added. He has a Hell Sweep and his Hell Sweep tracks. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I feel like Hell Sweep's track, Leroy's Hell Sweep tracks, Leo's Hell Sweep tracks. Uh, I think uh, Fakum Ram's, well, pseudo Hell Sweep from Crouch tracks. Kazumi's uh, jumping Hell Sweep tracks. I think it's just this is the way they want the Hell Sweep to be. And this is the modern Tekken. And I think that they are bringing the legacy characters, Mishima's, into the modern Tekken. Right. I think maybe they feel that, well, the risk-reward on the health sweep, they get 30 damage, but if it's blocked, potential 100 damage with a wall. So risk-reward, the health sweep, you know, you get punished if it's blocked. So they should be forced to block it. I honestly think, and to me, that, that's the wrong way of going uh, because I think you're that exactly mix-up is insane right. with the 4 you're three. exactly right. Hand, I think like you said, this, is yeah. the, this is the simplification of the game, and I think they feel... We have re-evaluated the health sweep. I, the risk reward is there. It should track. I, honestly, that's what it looks like historically, at least to me. Yeah. There's these changes, but then what I really don't get is least back four. Like that move <laughs> yeah. always had yeah. good recovery and whiff. That's even, even like better. Five frame or five, frame or that's times. enormous. Like what? Yeah. Like that, that, no mm. universe that makes sense. And it was why, so why hard to four as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So why even buff that by five frames? Like, it's already good in recovery. Like, why? Yeah. Like, Lee, God, that's not what Lee yeah, needs. Yeah. Like, Lee could yeah. use maybe a little help, maybe sure, but not that. That's, like, the last thing he needed. Like, absolutely bottom what he needed. Mm. So I don't, yeah. Well, I don't but know. But I guess the players feel pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I, look, if, it, if the idea is to consolidate his strengths, then I can see why they did that. They want to make him a very strong keep-out character whilst still giving him, you know, quite low comeback potential, keeping his pokes quite honest and all that. I mean, in terms of damage, you know, his, his down back three, is, despite the damage buff, is still not particularly scary. He has trouble breaking down turtles, but he's very hard to get in on. Yeah. So maybe yeah, they just wanted to push address, him further in that direction. Address those issues a bit then. Don't make this one move that's already really good yeah. even better. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, address other areas, just not that. Like, I don't understand that. Yeah, bruv, I don't understand. None of us understand. Like, yeah. Getting, yeah. getting back to Mishima's a little bit, though, uh, I think another reason they might be doing this is like, well, like you said, they're the poster children of the franchise, right? So you, you're watching the Tekken World Tour and, and these trailers and whatever, and Kazuya looks really cool because he turns into a devil and doesn't afraid of anything. <laughs> and, uh, and then you're like, I'm going to learn how to play Tekken, and you go online, and who should I play? And then there are all these videos. I mean, I'm guilty of making them as well, where it's like, you can play any character you want except the fucking Mishmas because they're for ballers only. You need a 15-inch cock and like 10 years of experience. If you even want to like take this character into practice mode, you're like a casual noob and you want to play Mishimas, how fucking dare you? Mm. It's rocket science while doing brain surgery. And they're like, okay, so what do I do? Uh, uh, so, I mean, I, I sort of get it how like if they're supposed to be the portal to the game and the draw, and then you come in and then everybody's like, whatever you do, don't play them because it's way too hard. I'm going to make a prediction. Uh, I think maybe not in the lifespan of Tekken 7, maybe at the advent of 8. I think they're going to widen the input window for perfect electrics. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. I, think it's the I think it's the next step because it's such an iconic move, but you don't want to sit there for like two years, you know, until it gets really clean. Uh, I think they're going to take that window <laughs> for making it really clean and just widening it. And then you've well, solved really, that issue and you've, and you've casualized really it. Really external, not anywhere. 
yeah. with the perfect electric fails electric into back one two screw that, that that would i think that would greatly upset the main man if they if they messed with uh <laughs> yeah. but, but, but just to like aria said like in the start of season three they did they, they did stress with technical stuff with steve and jin's forward four yeah uh, for example, so I, I feel like they, they are still quite adamant about the technical stuff, but but yeah, no, I uh, that that would be annoying. If, yeah, like uh, you said, it's going to upset you, which is why you can't do it in a balanced update for seven, but you can sneak it in when you launch eight. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I just wanted to also say on what Mihawk said before about the identity of Mishima as a strong movement and space control and forcing with punish, uh, forcing waves to punish. And I agree, but to a low-level player, which there are much more of, the identity of the Mishima is the 50-50. And that is reinforced by this patch because the 50-50 beats everything, almost. So I guess it depends on how you look at the game. And I know for a fact the developers have said that we want to look at the majority rather than the minority. So when people say Kasia is losing his identity, I feel like, that's not a, mo- a lot. Most people see it, I think. I think they just see it as it's even more 50-50 now. Like Vortex. Yeah, I want to say something to that. Uh, that's a good point. You're very correct with that. But I think that at the lower levels, to be honest, let's be real. Who at the lower levels uses the 3D movement effectively? Like, let's, let's compare a lower level player to a top level player. Who uses the movement as it should be used in order to beat these things? Most of the people at lower ranks, and I can say that because I was there as well at one point, um, yeah. just instead of, instead of using the movement, they guess. And they don't really use sidestep and sidewalk as much as, to, as, as an answer to beat these sort of things. And so I think that um, using buffing that just doesn't really change too much for the lower level, but it changes a lot in the higher level. And that, that was my whole point. You know, uh, it's not about yeah, it's not about saying I get your point where you say that I agree with you as well. But I think that both of those are there's an argument in both. Mm. But I agree with what you say, but this is going to affect high level play way more and beginner and intermediate players. They play very 2D. Uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. I, I think, yeah, you know, as as um, Frame said earlier, he hit the nail on the head. Probably. Um, a lot of these decisions, the lack of communication, the lack of transparency is due to Bandai Namco being a very old Japanese company and they're kind of yeah. set in their ways. And I really feel that what needs to be done is they need to modernize they, the way they interact with their community because we're all sitting here making assumptions and we have no idea, really. We can make educated guesses because we all love the game and we have a you know a reasonably deep knowledge of it, but it's really hard to see where they're going. Um, and, um, I think everyone in the community as, as, you know, there's a lot of, let's, let's, I can't, I can't escape from, there's a lot of toxicity in the community now, especially regarding the whole Murray issue. And I think the best way they, they can kind of handle it is just being more open with their community and kind of embracing them and talking to them and being clear to them. Uh, I I agree. And in, in a perfect world, you know, there would be some form of cooperation between them and maybe you are in TBS that would be great but as mentioned before yeah old company and uh, it took what 15 years of screaming um, for them to even put in frames and it was an afterthought it came in season three after the game is I don't know how many years old it's like 
Uh, I don't think we're ever seeing any transparency. I've, I know they love the game and they take it very seriously and they have great pride in it, but I think personally they, feel, they see it as their creation and mm. fuck you for even having an, you know, daring to have an idea of how to fix it. I think I've, I, I don't know. I, I'm not there, but I, I, that's what it looks like to me. And I don't think they will ever have any form of transparency. I mean, it's like Mishima stars, like, and all the balancing. It's like they must be locked into a cave somewhere but, on planet but, Earth because you, you I've but, never heard a but, single. But, but that's disingenuous like, because it's clear that they're balancing around community feedback and around tournament results. You know. Yeah, so, but 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 you never hear about <laughs> what information they take into consideration and. Again, with the hell sweep, what is the f thought process here? Or uh, I'd love to have that Overwatch thing where we hear the motivation, but I, I just don't think we're ever going to get that. Yeah, yeah I don't know right, because they, they are balancing around the community, but they're not balancing around community feedback. Yeah, they're, lo they're looking at numbers and trying to understand how we feel instead yeah. of asking us how we feel. Now, who asked for a homing hell sweep? Who asked for Lee's back four to be five frames better on recovery? No one. Literally, no one. Like, literally, no one. And Horon keeps getting buffed, and all their main, all their mains are angry. They're like, "Stop buffing my character." No one asked for this, so it's not on feedback. You know what I mean? And then African players are like, "My character's becoming more of an ape every single season." None of us were asking for this, but you know, it's it's not feedback. It's like, why ask us in the first place? Like, why ask us what changes you guys want, and then just disregard everything? I mean, Asuka, interestingly, does terribly online. Her win ratio mm. is abysmal. And in tournaments, yeah, don't... you don't really see her. So I, I think, think that could be a motivation for her just all the time getting buff, buff, buff. I blame that on the players. I blame that on the players. <laughs> 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 I blame myself. Asuka plays. <laughs> Small brain. But, I think, uh, but she's really popular in Japan. like So it's probably, that's probably a factor as well. Yeah. Uh, she's like almost like a mascot character over there. She is. She's huge. She's she huge. Is. So her, many and, her and Lily. Um, yeah. And they're mm. so generic, boring as well. I mean, it's almost Whoa. that. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, let's not 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 in Japan, they, they love those generic character archetypes and just sticking them in, and, and the community really respond to them and, and like them. So, uh, I mean, I, yeah, the, I, think the, I think the Lily Oscar body pillow market in Japan might actually be influencing uh, balancing in the game and frame data, which is interesting. <laughs> the body pillow market. Yeah, the, body, the body pillow market, yeah. Because like, I, I have plenty of taken body pillows, but they're all Miguel. Because <laughs> I like, because I like to feel safe, safe when I'm sleeping, you know. Okay. But then, how how is he gonna protect me when all his moves are shit, you know? <laughs> well, he and he can't wear punish. Couldn't protect his sister. No, mm. exactly. That didn't work. Arms, arms, arms were too short. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If he was Dalsim, he could have punched that plane out of the sky, you know. <laughs> Would have been fine. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird state right now. And I think uh, from everything that we've said, we're just, we're just confused. And the, the only thing that can fix it is just a bit more feedback from their part to say what, what their motive was behind the changes.
you know, why did they give Lee that buff, that specific buff as well? Like, not, not just like generally, why did they buff a character, but why that specific buff as well? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> there was a health sweep one. I feel like we're going to get an answer soon um, because everyone's talking about it right now and it's a very fundamental legacy thing that got changed. But um, yeah, I'd love to know. I'd love to know the... Um, yeah, I wonder if they will revert it because everyone is crying so much. Mm. I, or, and the thing is, we haven't really, guns, you know, and, nah, uh, but we haven't even had time to to even analyze and see how it's going to affect the competitive scene because obviously we're in the situation with Corona and stuff where there's no uh, tournaments. Yeah, exactly. uh, we can only but, assume. Uh, I I think Devil Gen is going to be a fucking monster now. Hell yeah! <laughs> I think Kudans yeah. will win the world tour, bro. Like you oh, know what I mean? That guy's over. Well, he, he definitely loves it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. Devil Gen is so boring though. He has three moves. He doesn't even have four. He literally has three. You know. No, so that was in with that yeah. electric and that house. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's yeah. fine if you love him, like it's cool, but it's three moves. It is not yeah. four moves. Yeah, well, I don't like it's like the health sweep of the combo. It's the fact that you're sitting through the combo. You're just watching yourself getting caught. Then you tech roll, yeah. and then you potentially have to go through it again. Like it's really one player. I think he's one of the most boring characters to play against. I, I wonder how much it has to do with Kudans. Do you know what I mean? Because in season one, yeah, he, he did the thing. You know, he was very good. The hell sweep, the, the mix-ups and stuff. They nerfed the up forward four. And after that, we hadn't really seen Kudans in the top in the top eight, top fours of tournaments, right? After up four. That's a huge change because mm. not getting a guarantee back four and into a vortex mix-up again mm. was massive, yeah? Yeah. Um, I wonder how much it was of just like, let's just buff this character because I want to see Kudans winning again. Yeah. Because I mean, we've already he... talked about the fact that, you know, compared to some players um, are clearly the reason why certain characters are getting buffed. But they, uh, sorry, nerfed. But maybe it could be the other way around as well. Yeah, but I mean, Kudans is a god. I mean, in during Tekken Five, like our arcade scene was huge in Korea. Everyone mm. was playing Mishima's, but he was still known as the Magic Electric because he yeah. just his instinct and speed. Uh, mm. He beats everyone. So yeah, he, he's just a fucking god. And him doing well with Devil Jin, um, yeah, it's it, it, I think it's him. But but yeah, mm. with this Devil Jin, it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, like the storyline for the first two for the first two or three years competitive Tekken was just amazing. Like, um, you know, Kudan's coming back out of nowhere and just winning Tekken World Tour, and then yeah. Ranji winning with Panda two years ago. Now last year it's just Akuma wins. Everyone's like, oh no, you know, like, oh, it's just awful. It's like it's just off. awful. And ever since then it's just it's just been awful. Like changes wise, like what is the future now? Like, nah. like we've no more Kudan's returning to win out of nowhere. We've no Ranji winning with Panda. Like what's going to happen this year, or if if there even is anything happening this year? Yeah, yeah. but the whole uh, Arslan thing was so hype, so hype. Oh, and of course, yeah, the whole Pakistan arc as well, of course. Yeah, now yeah, just him no, showing up at. I hear myself in the most awkward yeah. speaker. Yeah, we've got <laughs> yeah, Echo. There's an awkward, yeah, Echo. Who is that? Sorry, sir. I know, but me. Uh, I'm good. Okay, his. His run at Evo 2019 is uh, probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like, uh, just mm. fundamentally outplaying all of these god Koreans yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah. for so long. And no one can touch him. Oh, it's yeah. Like, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And now everybody can dream. You can be Swedish, Pakistani, you can be anywhere. And you know that if, like, you work really hard, you can show up and fuck up the Koreans. And I think that's so big. I think, like, you know, let people dream, you know? Yeah, mm. yeah exactly. Yeah, and you said but the last time back, he's like a national hero now in Pakistan. Bav, like yeah. just everyone knows him. I, I said a story. I'll tell the story again. I was in Dubai. This is for the master event, and we were heading back. I was with the production team, 
and uh, we said we're checking in our stuff, and they said, "Yo, what you got all this equipment for?" You, it's a lot of equipment. I said, "Look, uh, we uh, we're part of production. We did the Tekken stream for um, a tournament in Dubai." And he goes, "Oh, so you must know Arslan then? This is the dude at the check-in counter in in the airport in Dubai. Like everyone knows him. This guy is very very uh, popular, and and rightly so. He 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 did something that no one ever thought would be able to be done, which is to not only win Evo twice, but but have it be a person from a different country come in and beat the Koreans who are unbeatable for such a long time. Um, no. But talking about it, you know, I, when you listen uh, to me and how Ni characterizes different people's playstyles, he says that uh, Pakistanis are all about punishment, perfect punishment, and space control, not much sidestepping. You look mm. at the Japanese, they have their own certain playstyle, U- Europe, America. Korean playstyle, he said, was based on um, movement, lateral, lateral movement, sidewalk, mm. sidestep, um, you know, and, and, and that kind of stuff. It really emphasized the sidewalking. I think mm. Devil Jin is going to be such a problem for the Koreans now. Mm. And already, if you look at low high, um, I spoke to CBM earlier, a lot of people are not happy about this this change to, to Devil Jin. I think at the high level, and especially for Korean Tekken, it's going to be really bad mm. for them to, to deal with because they're so uh, focused on the lateral movement. You know, we, we mm. talked about this last time. It was quite an interesting topic to compare play styles by region. Um, what do you think um, separates American and EU playstyle? Because we we talked about the, um, the the Pakistani and the Korean playstyles. Okay, actually, let's, there there are five like major regions really for Tekken. There's uh, there's Japan, Korea, Pakistan, Europe, um, and America. Thank uh, you for I, including Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely some really strong players in Europe. We can't deny that. But I mean, Australia, I guess there are. It's just not big enough to see in Australia. But there are some strong players in Australia too. But those are the oh, big yeah, five. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. what are the you know defining playstyle factors for these five regions? Do you think? I, I felt like uh, for Europe, it was a lot on set play, uh, and again, uh, from talking to the Koreans, and because they always they come to Europe and they haven't. Let's be honest, they have an easy time, man. They have an easy time when they come to Europe. And I asked them, I said, look, what is it about our play style that makes it that you just come here and you win very easily? He goes, look, you guys do not sidestep. Mm-hmm. Your sidestepping and sidewalking is terrible uh, for most players. Um, you're very much based on set play, uh, mix-ups, and this this sort of play style. Um, very kind of 2D mix-up, 50-50 heavy game. Uh, obviously, not everyone has that play style. There's players that will that will side. Like, look at Mihawk. That guy loves to sidestep. He's, a, he's basically a European-Korean. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know... It, but that, but generally speaking, you know, yeah, we don't we, we have this sort of very set play um, style of, of play. I think Fergus uh, might agree with that as well. I don't know about America. I couldn't characterize them. I don't want to just in case I can mischaracterize them. But yeah, I mean, from, from a European perspective, I think that's what, what, what it is. Yeah, we've a lot more diverse characters as well, I think. Like in the very first second move to our finals, you know, like there's different regions, five per region. Like mm. the America and Japan, uh, American Asia had like a, you know, Jack Dragonoff. There were pretty common characters there, and then Europe had Josie, Asuka, Akuma, Raven, Yoshimitsu, Yoshimitsu. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, what well, is that team? You know, it's just a weird team. And then Europe too had a bit more common characters, like say, like Jack and Dragonoff and all them, the, like the meta characters at the time. Yeah, and then we just had weird, weird ones like. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I yeah, think, yeah, isn't I one scene either. You no, know, it's so many countries. Mm-hmm. very diverse whereas in like in america i think you know different scenes but you know huge california scene 
Mm. And, you know, some people down in Georgia and stuff like that. I think the reason you see diverse styles and character usage in Europe is that you just have isolated online warriors all over the place, randomly running into one another, very little feedback, very little local scene, no arcades for the most part, uh, except maybe UK, you know. Yeah, that's why I talked about um, with a few people back in my last tournament. Yeah. But that's quite a bit. Like, we don't play each other enough. Like, we don't. Well, we also don't have the means to play each other offline much. But we also, I think, now I'm very to blame for this as well. But um, uh, we don't just play each other enough on, online, for example, like to actually improve off each other, to make the, the standard of level higher. Like a lot of us just plays online ranks, for example. Like, again, I'm very guilty of this. Like, yeah. we just rinse ranks and barely play anything else. Yeah. So we don't really like improve immensely from much. And also, I think a Neko is a huge factor as well, but that's a whole different story. But I think Neko is a huge factor because it's hard to play optimally. Yeah. And it's hard to practice your optimal play style as well. I man, man like Frizen, you know, he said, just make online rank actually competitive, please. Mm. It's so boring, yes. man. Oh how how God, all of us yes. got Tekken God Prime with Fakram straight away? I know. First day. <laughs> I definitely shot him, like. <laughs> how, man? Like, it's ridiculous. Just, yeah, I remember Tekken Tag 2, man, just being able to play your main character in, and grind it out in ranks, man, every day for well, six years. Well, to an extent, to an extent, we start fighting games, to be honest. Like, there needs to be a middle ground. Like, yeah, see, yeah. like I don't want Season 1 ranked again because you could, you just couldn't get games. But then, mm-hmm. I think the peak was early Season 2 where everyone was racing, but you could find each other. You could get games. But everyone was still uh, racing. Like, like when I was playing Anna, I ran into, like, every top European steep player, for example, and it was fun. Like, maybe sometimes yeah. I won, sometimes I lost, but it was fun. Like it was, it was, and like as streamers, as you know, Hassan and like you and Mihawk and May Man as well. Like, um, it's hard for us to give entertaining content because you know we just play our twentieth character and ranked or whatever, and just mm. rank grind up to prime and then that stage move on to another character. We can't give the content mm. with our main characters in ranks. Like we can do lobbies, but no one cares about lobbies really. Unless it's like yeah. some hype first to five for top players or whatever. Yeah, it's not really yeah. it's not really fun to watch for the viewers if we just randomly do sets with someone or just play viewers and subscribers all the time. What what they usually mm-hmm. want to see is they want you to see how you go up against the strong players from your region. That's what they want to see. And I feel like it's so interesting that Tekken and maybe other fight games, I don't play other fight games, so I can't really tell, but I think Mortal Kombat has a seasonal ranking thingy where uh, the rank resets after a while. While Tekken doesn't really idea. have that. <laughs> Yo, Mihawk, you're oh, sick, so, bro. You know what's up? Your voice just suddenly went way deeper. Mihawk is sick, it. you know. This guy's got the devil gene, bruv. They buffed <laughs> devil gene and they buffed Mihawk, bruv. This is mad. <laughs> the chat chef, saying like he's possessed. <laughs> possessed by oh the devil gene. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mihawk, can you say Samaka? Say it. <laughs> no, it's oh, muted, man. It's muted, man. Oh, no, no, he's muted now. He's going to start speaking. He's going to start speaking. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Sorry, I just went devil mode for a short moment. <laughs> that was really I, I do that sometimes if I get really tilted, you know. But no, uh, what I wanted to say is like uh, other fight games do have that sort of thing where uh, ranks get reset after a while. Yeah. While Tekken, I feel like, doesn't have that and doesn't seem to be interested in that either. I think that would be a really good point. And I also think that um, in terms of ranking, why did they not keep Season 1 rank, but just with the addition of showing the progress bar and just 
making it so that you could be able of promoting off of a lower rank, which was yeah. the main issue for the higher ranks in that in that season. So yes. the moment you hit Mighty Ruler, you weren't able to um, to promote off of Ozazaku. And so us higher rank players had issues promoting or ranking up in general or find opponents. Whereas mm. now in season two, you can do that. But on top of that, you can just rank up for free against any opponent that you play. And you just get a shit ton amount of points. And um, yeah. I, don't I know started why they hearing play. about rank a while ago, and I agree. It would be so nice if they did the reset thing. I play. The, I don't play many other games, but Diablo 3 is a game where they have seasonal resets. We had one recently, and people are so excited to get back into the game, and people who haven't been playing recently get back in. People make content. Um, there are some new balance changes. It really excites people. Mm, um, yeah. I remember I got my first, after got my first Tekken God on Elisa, the first thing I did is I created a new account that started over with her from the beginning, and then I got it again in less than two days. And I was like, okay, so it's easy now. And then I kind of, you know, chilled and started, you know, playing other modes. Yeah. I just don't think the rank system is good at all because there is no easy way to fix this for the console market, I think. Like, it's very, very arcade-based. Yeah. So I don't think there's any really good way to fix it for the console market. So what I think you should do is, like, like Street Fighter Five, like a point system. Yeah. And there's, like, ranks allocations to the points like a like a point period of points or whatever. So for yeah. example, like ten thousand would be platinum and fourteen thousand would be diamond. And you only get matched up with people one or two leagues above you. And then but you're still building up points. Like there still is progression. You're, yeah. you're still building points. That's kinda so how I it was for second five. Second five was kinda like that as well because the top mm. the top five were what I forgot what the rank was, but the top rank uh, was only allocated for the top five people in points. It had a point mm. system in Tekken 5 Online as well, uh, which would be really cool, I think. Yeah, like have yeah, like it's, some, it's something to play for, like. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Agree completely. A rank, rank uh, reimagining. I think resets, I love that idea. But something to keep that interesting that makes the content creation part so much easier. And then people latch onto that and this, this scene st stays uh, exciting. Uh, whereas now it's stagnant and then people just focus on the world tour, which I'm not really, I mean, I don't even watch tournaments anymore. I don't really care. I really like watching tournaments and competitive Tekken. I love it. So now that there are no tournaments, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not yeah I've lost a lot of entertainment in my life. I feel like <laughs> it really sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many. I was. I actually had a flight today to go to France, and I just got an email. Uh, I'm not going anywhere for a while. I don't know how long it's gonna. CPT uh, just announced a couple of days ago that they are gonna cancel all events up until July. So they're gonna they're gonna basically try to do half their world tour. Uh, Tekken usually is a couple of weeks behind TWT. I wonder if they're gonna go in the same direction because they did with NCR. Um, I wonder if you know Combo Breaker is looking really rough right yeah. now. If that's, that's like I'm yeah. for that, so. Yeah, a lot of people so from Europe. Yeah, that's a, there's a massive tournament as well. A lot of people were excited for it. Um, and so are they going to, is EVO, in, that's, a, that's another massive question, is EVO going to happen? And I don't know if it will, man. I mean, America is I in a very so, tough yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's now uh, overtaken China, you know, in, in the yeah, I can't cases. believe, I can't believe EVO hasn't been cancelled yet. Like the Olympics are cancelled, NBA is cancelled, yeah. life is cancelled. UFC cancelled, is cancelled. Like, we're yeah. monitoring mm -hmm. the situation very closely. And it's like, yeah. I, the situation's I think, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, Evo imagine Evo. It's like hot boxing, dirty people in like tiny yeah. spaces. 
It's like the worst thing you could ever do. Thirty thousand. Yeah. I think from as all long as in the same yeah. room, coughing. as long as the Smash players don't show up, there probably won't be you know that many infectious diseases floating around. But if they're gonna have melee, you definitely have to cancel. They have to bring bring in like their uh their their shitty old TVs and hazmat suits, you know, with plastic around them. <laughs> But, but does, does anyone know how it's going to affect the evil team, team financially if they don't do it? I mean, they must be in a really bad position to hold it. I would imagine so, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I don't, I don't think they have that much overhead, though. No, I, no, I think if they cancel, they, they are in big trouble. Must be something like that. Yeah, I'm hoping, I think, I, I'm, I'm hoping a massive tournament that would have some, some form of insurance in some way. Um, and you know, hopefully the government, because because in America it's very weird. Like you have the it's obviously a federal system. Every state is kind of doing their own thing when it comes to the the support they give for businesses. Mm. Um, and I'm hoping that they'll get some support from the from the state as well um, for that for that tournament. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge. I mean, it's Evo isn't just a tournament; it's a convention. You got businesses mm. down there that are, you know doing stuff. Yeah. It's it's not just a tournament anymore. So it would be, I think, either way they're going to lose a lot, which sucks, man. But uh, health and safety comes first, man. You know, if you've got people coming all around the world to 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 that tournament, first of all, I don't even think people are going to go. But I mean, if they do, it's that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. And America is not in a good place right now when it comes to this uh this COVID nineteen. Yeah. I think it's going to get even worse in the coming months. So I don't know if it's even going to be a second. It's yeah, the situation is escalating right now and and quite exponentially. Um, and it's probably going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that yeah. seems to be the, the direction we're heading. Uh, you know, action wasn't taken soon enough, and um, unfortunately, it is what it is. But I feel like, yeah, like the next couple of months at least, we're probably not going to see much going on. We're just going to stay. Yeah, all we can do is just stay home. Like I see so many videos, like people at beaches, people like in toilets, like, like I don't know, I don't understand what's wrong with people. Honestly, just yeah. stay at home, just don't be an idiot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. people are not doing honestly. that. Not in. In Europe, as well. I mean, that's what, one of the reasons why Europe has just, it's become the epicenter of this this whole thing, and America has just come and gone out of hand. Uh, you know, when when you look at Korea, you know, Korea was able to contain this pretty well. Um, they're on nine thousand cases, and they've, you know, I heard that this, the country was giving out masks to people as well. Uh, Korea paid for everyone's healthcare if they did have it, uh, and paid for everyone's tests as well. Uh, testing is a massive, yeah. massive uh, issue as well in, in Europe at the moment. But also just the fact that people are just not empathetic. There, there's so many people that are just, I'm bored, mate. I'm going out to the pub. You know, it's like, just, just stay home, bro. Yeah. You know, it's not much. You, you, you just stay home and you can save the world. That's it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Sit, sit um, just buy Netflix or something. Just binge, binge a few shows. Like, yeah. I, I just want to stress that Sweden, no lockdown. We, we stopped testing weeks ago. The, the government says everyone's going to get it anyway. Uh, that that's, is... that's the official uh, word from the government. Well, uh, Japan, Japan, Japan is not much better. Is really, Japan, the situation looks very good. No, it's I'm not. working as normally, but they're not testing. It's probably so much well, worse, but they don't want people to know because they didn't want to have to cancel the, the, Olympics. the Olympics. And now no. that they did, you know, on the 20, up until the 23rd of March, they were doing on average 100 tests per day. On the 24th yeah. of March, when they canceled the Olympics, they did close yeah. to 4,000. There That's a four thousand percent increase in number of tests you do. Exactly, because it was okay to Unbelievable. test. Unbelievable. Chat are saying that uh, we have face masks in Japan because you know people wear those all the time here, even when there isn't a, a health crisis. I'll let you know they're sold out in the entire country. We actually have it was it's almost funny. There was a guy like a business suit guy with like a suitcase who came knocking on our office door two days ago, 
And he was like, I would like to speak to the manager. And I was like, okay, why? And he's like, well, I've gotten my hands on a small shipment of face masks. I have <laughs> 1,000 of them. And he was like trying to sell them like black market style with yeah. a huge markup. And I was like, I told my manager, like, there's this guy here who has his hands on like a bunch of face masks. And he was like, let him in for Christ's sakes. <laughs> because, and, and I think we bought them for like, you know, 10 times what they would normally be, be worth. So, but the face masks don't help right. unless they're, they're an N95 mask because the virus. Yeah, but that doesn't mean small. people aren't going to, you know, feel better wearing them. And, and it's a placebo. It's a, I'm not a, an expert on this, but I think a lot of it is mental. And a weird thing was happening with me and my mother because she's in Sweden and I'm in Japan. So we have different cycles, you know, every day. We watch the morning news and the evening news at different times. So she would be like panicking and calling me and I'd be like, kind of like calm and feeling okay. And I'd be like, mom, it's fine. It's going to be okay. And then I would start reading the news and getting like worked up and panicking. I would call her, but then she'd be like at home chilling. And she was like, no, it's going to be fine. It's, you know, you get it, but you don't die. And, and it's almost like, uh, I don't know, the, the madness aspect of the whole thing scaring me the most. When I see people like, you know, fighting in supermarkets and stuff, mm. that's when I get really scared. I've I'm, seen a few of that myself, like in person as well. I'm, yeah. I'm more worried about the potential breakdown of society given the unemployment yeah. rates. Have you seen yeah. the unemployment rates in, in the US? From 1970 up until 2020, it's, it goes up and down a little bit. And then there's a, there's a huge exponential spike in last month. Mm. It is insane. <laughs> And yeah, no, it's, it's the same everywhere. It's Europe as well. They project in Sweden, uh, by the end of the summer, it's going to go from 5% to 10%. And this is going to lead to a huge financial recession. Yeah. And I think it's going to be worse than 2008. So Yeah, Germany is going to suffer a lot as well, yeah. since Germany really is all about that export marketing and stuff. And if, if no one, if we can't export anything, then Germany is going to suffer as well. I think it's, it's like that all around the world it's like everything is going to suffer a lot from this and like yeah. norway right now their currency like the last month it's just plummeted into shit mm. well that's due to the oil of course mm. a lot but yeah the swedish currency used to be eight swedish crowns per dollar it's now it was 10.4 uh mm. in, in in only a few days it added so much it's mm. like it's volatile as it's, it's just gonna get worse yeah, I think this is going to really show uh, character for a lot of people. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. we've seen that, you know, people have not reacted to this in a good way. Um, and it just shows the lack of empathy in people. Uh, you know, this is the first time I believe that a lot of us have come or gone through something like a pandemic or something that's really shown uh, us yeah. adversity. We didn't go through World War II. We didn't go through any of these massive wars, but this is still a very, this is a global issue, one that people are panicking over. But if we stop showing, um, if we stop showing empathy for our neighbors and just other people in the, you know, um, then it, what does it show about us? You know what I mean? Like Fergus said, people are just like yanking supplies off of, out of people's hands and fighting in yeah. shops. It just, it just, it's so bad. It's, it's not good. Um, and, and, if, and, and of course I've, I've had people tell me that there are people that are just going out, not caring. They're like, I don't care. I'm bored. I want to go out. Not, not realizing that if they do that, they can, they can spread the disease to other people who are vulnerable and they'll die. And, and you know, the, it's funny that you said, man, man, that, the Sweden are just like, oh, well, everyone's going to get it at some point anyway. Well, guess, you know, Boris Johnson said that as well in the UK, our, our prime minister. Now he just, he, yeah, he, he got yeah, it. They got yeah. that he got it today. Yeah. So, yeah. um, ah, it's just, it's, there's so much ignorance and, and just stupidity everywhere. But yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping everyone watching uh, is going to be sensible and, and, you know, stay home if they can and, you know, just, just have empathy for your neighbors, man.
yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well said. I mean, it's also worth noting that I mean, I, I also, I read that. Uh, oh, if you're in my age, you know, your odds of death, you know, are minuscule, and oh, it's, it's like a flu, you know. But then uh, a friend of my uh, dad got it. Uh, oh, she's a coworker, and she, she's my age. And she, he, my dad was the same. He's like, it's probably not too bad. And then he heard her story and saw her. Uh, no, he didn't see her, but uh, he, he talked to her. And she, she described it like two weeks of like complete fucking torture yeah. where she felt so bad and she could, she could hardly breathe. So he yeah. got suddenly, you know, immediately a lot of respect for this virus. And so, so did I. Yeah. 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 If it's not enough to read about all the deaths in Italy or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. There are people that are our age that are that are dying from it, who have no yeah. uh, underlying health conditions. So if that's not enough for people to realize that it's going to affect them as well, uh, yeah. then they should they should know they should know. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I heard uh, I heard something that that helped me a little bit to uh, maneuver around this a little bit mentally. Um, there's this uh, Navy SEAL guy doing a podcast. I don't remember his name. Jocko it's it's not joke and it wasn't goggins i think it might have been oh andy. shit there are multiple navy seals doing podcasts i think yeah i think it might have been andy stumpf who's like the best one but he was talking okay. about how like there's your sphere of of concern all the things you have the power to worry about and look at and then you have like your circle of influence things that you actually have the power to do something about and if you try and focus more on that you know you can't we can't come up with a cure right now or fix this but we can act responsibly be cool to one another call you know our mothers and tell them that we love them um and 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 try and be cool that way and and hopefully we we make it through but like who the fuck knows it's so weird yeah yeah Yeah. if if you if you can that's a very good way of looking at it can help your neighbors you know i know where i'm at Right now, there's a, a woman that lives on her own. Uh, she's uh, elderly. And, you know, we, she has our number. I say, anytime, call. And, you know, we can get supplies for you. We can, you know, yeah. we got deliveries coming in. So if you guys can look into it, get deliveries from uh, from the shops instead of going there. Mm. And minimize how much you go out whenever you can. And, uh, you know, help your neighbors, man. Because you never know. Yeah. It, you'll be able to do a lot. And uh, even if you don't think you can, 100% you guys can. Um, and I'm sure you guys are doing it anyway. I don't want to come across preachy, but it's just I'm just trying to remind everyone. You know, that's no. I, that's I think it reason. sounds like you, especially Spag, you've seen a lot of things around you that have rub, rub, rubbed you the wrong way recently. And I've I've had that experience as well. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, I've had like um, uh, people at work uh, refuse to sit in the same room or shake hands with uh, Chinese people, for example. Yeah, stuff like that. You know. Um, yeah, it's not good. And so uh, like like I said, that, it, it brings up like the fear, you know, one another brings up all the uh, unfortunate aspects of human nature in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 like I said, it shows, it's, it's, this is going to show people's character, how we are as a... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not going so good at the moment. Stay at home, watch YouTube, watch Blasted Salami YouTube videos. <laughs> Learn about Devil Jin. Like we can't even do online tournaments. That's a problem. Like the thing is that you know, like for example, Call of Duty. I give I use that because I watch Call of Duty competitively. In Black Ops Three, their whole World League was actually online, and then they had the uh, offline tournaments where they were seeded based on the points that they had in the online league, right? And and we can't even do that for second because it's a global game, right? You have when you have these international tournaments for the World Tour, it's literally a World Tour. You have Koreans, you have Japanese. Pakistanis, Europeans, Americans coming to one area to to play. 
the, the online is it's, it wouldn't work for us it wouldn't work well you know i, I mean the shift has to go to roll back net code i mean now more than ever really if it's going to take a worldwide pandemic for japanese developers to realize that their games need to have decent net code then there you go i, I mean um I um I mean have you ever played a game with rollback netcode? I mean I can for example Never. It, I'm so curious. Like try, how is it compared to a regular game? Um try try playing Garou or Killer Instincts. I can play people like in Chicago and it's better than the guy down the street in in Tekken 7. Crazy. Yeah. It's 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 um, it's it's a it's a significant difference and delay based netcode should never have really been implemented. Not just fighting games, but any action game. Really, it's it's not suitable. It's it's good for like I don't know, maybe slow based, slow strategy games or something. Certainly not like StarCraft or anything. But you know, anything that's based on reactions, delay based is just incompatible. Yeah, yeah. it has certain advantages. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, Guilty Gear Strive was just announced to have um, rollback netcode, and hopefully that a starts a fire. Or that's the impetus which leads other Japanese developers to start, um, yeah, you know, coming to their senses and realizing that <laughs> this is this is not um, a want, this is a need, really, for fighting games in the 21st century. Is but, there like yeah. pros or cons about it? Because I have, I really have no clue. So I'm, I'm just a noob when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, uh, me the, too. Um, the cons are look at Street Fighter Five. If it's not implemented correctly, the characters. Jump, jump, literally jump around. Teleportion, yeah, it's madness. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's gotten worse recently as well. Like I played through like through the various seasons of the netroll of the netcode, and it has gotten worse recently. They, they, they attempted to fix it recently, but they just made it a little bit worse. Yeah. So yeah, no, Street Fighter Five is definitely not a good example of rollback. But um, I think probably the best uh, netcode of any fighting game out there right now is Mortal Kombat 11, and that is pretty incredible. Mm. Um, generally, yeah, I heard it's got like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, generally, Western developers are much more on it. I mean, when it comes to uh, netcode for finding games, this is just going off of Mortal Kombat 11 and Killer Instincts. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, chat, but Skullgirls also has rollback. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. I haven't actually played it much, but um, I haven't played Skullgirls, but I can definitely attest that um, KI and MK11 have fantastic. And, and KI is like close to seven years old now. <laughs> and um, Crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the American developers are like just ahead of times, really, compared to Japanese developers mm. when it comes to their mm. games. Yeah, it's just a culture, I think. You know, it, it's it's mm. the same issue that that Frame mentioned earlier. It's you know, um, all Japanese companies are quite set in their ways, and they're they very resilient to change. Video like video games are this fun thing for the whole family. You're fucking Nintendo. Their consoles, they always have a new gimmick with the controller. It comes with a built-in dildo that you shove up your ass and you play it on the toilet with, you, you know, your cousin or whatever. And you look at those disconnected fucking commercials. Like, who the fuck, like, has their, like, mother play video games with them? It's like this <laughs> hyper-competitive entertainment industry that people, like, do for a living now. But they're like, no, because you can do, like, this to control Mario. But... Uh, I mean, I get I get annoyed when there's such a fucking disconnect. Like, Nintendo can stay competitive because they can make great uh, interactive, like, immersive experiences like Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. But if you try mm -hmm. to, like, make any... Like, if you try to, like, Dark Souls that shit where you have to be, like, crisp and it's difficult and you're trying to control it with this fucking thing mm -hmm. that gyrates, 
and it has a built-in television and then like parts detached and stuff like no can i have like uh crisp fucking frame data and and a controller that works and is precise without input lag so that i can play the game well please because but that's the western audience but here in japan it's about sitting around with your grandmother and you know eating fucking cookies and playing i mean animal crossing seems like a pretty cool game but it's literally you like uh, it's a sitting in your room simulator do you want to go over here and sit over here okay do you want to go over sit here for a while you know do you want to look and see what's in the fridge oh nothing okay because i can't go outside and buy groceries and that's it and it's like it's sold out all over japan <laughs> yes it's the biggest um selling game on switch so far i believe in its initial week it's it's it's, it's sold in hotcakes <laughs> <laughs> You know what it reminds me of? Do you know that uh, episode of South Park where I think it's Mr. Garrison? He he invents uh, renewable energy, uh, like a transportation, a car that takes no energy. It has no emissions. It's completely efficient. It, it solves the environmental cri- crisis. But to operate it, you have to shove a dildo up your ass and sit on it, and then it drives you. In. And then, like the new version comes out, and you have to have another dildo down your throat, and you like you like, and it goes up and down, and it just fucking uh, spit roasts you. And then, like at the end of the episode, it's South Park is genius because it, in the end of the episode, it comes out that it doesn't actually need the dildos; you can just take them off. That's just that's just the way he built it. Like he invented renewable energy, but he just uh, put the dildos in because he's like a massive ass man. And that's like that's gonna be the next Nintendo console. You have to <laughs> literally sit on it to make Link go, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you do it with your sphincter. You know, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh like no God. wonder the the Smash guys are still playing Melee. But it's the game you play with a, con- and the character moves crisp. <laughs> you have to go into Smash and turn off items. You have to turn it to two players. You have to pick a uh, pick a specific stage. Because it's a fucking party game with shit going on everywhere. Eight people. <laughs> Frame. Yeah, you have oh. such a, you have such an oh. elegant way with words. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my mother is like my mother is like messing. Like, I, I can't believe your your parents watch this shit and you're going off about like dildos. That's and... that's part of that's one of the reasons I do it though. I like I love embarrassing my mother, but she's like, if you if you play really nice and you wear a nice shirt on the podcast, maybe Namco will call you and ask to collaborate. I'm like, mom, you don't watch my videos on like Leroy and shit. Uh, that br- that ship has sailed. Yeah, those those <laughs> those bridges have been burnt. <laughs> well, that's cool because I get to good do this with you guys, and this is. So more enjoyable. Yeah, that's very nice. I agree. More fun. It's it's you know it's it's good to be real. It's good to speak your mind. It's um I'm I'm always glad to do this. It's always so much fun. Yeah. It's uh yeah. One thing I want to say, you know, I I forgot what I was going to say because I listened, but uh I remember now. Yeah. Um. So obviously, there's been this thing about tournament organizers who haven't been able to do their tournaments and they've put a lot of investment in. Some have been able to postpone. Um, but some have to just cancel it because they they can't they haven't been able to postpone. Just you know, in any way you can, if you see the opportunity, support them uh, because yeah, those guys yeah. are the backbone of our community. And not only that, but you know, I, I don't want to. I don't know if I should go into names and stuff, but like I've been talking to some esports teams as well, teams in the in 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 uh, the FGC specifically. And uh, man, they it's not good. It's terrible. I mean, if you think about it, they. They have nowhere to send any of their players. A lot of them are salaried, so they're still getting paid their salary. 
and they're not really getting anything out of them at the moment because they're not going to tournaments, they're not posting on their social medias, um, and and this content potential for content is so much lower now because we're not going to tournaments. So those guys are in a, a very very uh, they're in trouble as well. You know, mm. sp sponsors and um. And and tos and these are the backbone. This is literally the backbone of our community as well. I feel yeah. without these tos, without these sponsors going around and supporting these players, we we wouldn't have the excitement that we have. So, if you see an opportunity to support these people, you know, um, support them. If you see them make decisions that you that are you know hard decisions, don't judge them. You know, um, they're yeah. just doing their best. They're doing the best they can. Yeah, mm. yeah. If you want That's this. a good example. That's a good message to get out there. Uh, I gotta be an asshole though and leave, but that's gonna fuck up the layout. I'm guessing that Aria has spent so much time building with his own hands. No, not my uh, hands. The, the uh, Zulf, uh, Zulf, I have to give a big shout to Zulf. Uh, he's uh, our incredible graphic designer. Yeah, but yeah. On, nah. on, on that note, it's like two a.m. in Japan here, and we've been at this for you know about two and a half hours now. So, mm. um, I think probably now is a good time to kind of you know petter things mm -hmm. off, but. Guys, thank you so much for uh, joining. It's always a pleasure. Um, and okay, just so just to announce, Wave Dash Eight is going to be tomorrow. And uh, hi, hi. Um, get. Um, we're going to cover um, similar topics, just with a different um, different set of guests. And they are going to be um, Spag. Can you still make it tomorrow? Yes, yes, I'll be here. Brilliant. So yeah, uh, it's going to be me. Spag, uh, Sefi Black, maybe. I haven't got him 100% yet, but maybe. Uh, Dinosaur, and uh, for the first time on the podcast, Ryan Hart. My so, love, Ryan. That's awesome. a good lineup. Yeah, that's a good lineup. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be, um, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, definitely tune in because Ryan, you can, if you've ever met Ryan, that guy can talk for a long time and it's never boring. You, you can listen it's to that guy boring. for, for nice, ages. Right, yeah. right. Maybe we'll get a would you rider question on the on the podcast as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm that? so glad that I'll be able to watch this for the first time instead of being um, on it. I don't have but, to wear clothes. I can eat <laughs> snacks. Well, I, I was about to ask um, if 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 it's going to be five of us, could you hop on frame to, to equalize, make it even, make it six people? I don't know. Or do, the, you, or do you really want to watch has... this? I mean, I'm probably going to be home tomorrow. Mm. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll let you know. Okay. I might cameo. All right, brilliant. I have some, I have some stuff going on with, with, uh, with live things, but we'll see. Um, we can always just have a logo as one of the screens if, if need be. So yeah. don't, don't worry about it. If you really want to watch this in the buff, then, then you know, you do you. <laughs> that's a, that's a good idea. <laughs> I need to wash my bathtub. You'll be in our thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on that note, on that note, <laughs> um, thanks so much, guys. Um, and no, no, great conversation. Great conversation. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure indeed. Have a great time. Stay safe, secure, guys. Take care of your friends, family, oh, everyone around yeah. you. And yeah, take care, please take care. Stay guys. safe, guys. All right. See take ya. care, guys. Stay home. Bye. Right, who's leaving first? <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs>